0: Uh, did I tell you we went and saw Dracula? Which Dracula? 1992, Dracula was on the big screen today. Oh, okay. Let me tell you, that is the horniest movie Francis
1: Ford Coppola has ever made. I, You said, we went and saw Dracula, and I was like, Ben, you know there's like eight Draculas, right? Yeah. <laughs> but you can just be like, I went and saw Dracula. Would you have known it if I said I went and saw Bram
0: Stoker's Dracula?
1: Yes, I think that's probably why they named it that. Probably, but yes, okay, yes, Bram Stoker. You went saw, you saw that, okay. Yeah,
0: it was interesting. I, does it hold up? No, it does not. Yeah, I will say this unassailably: Gary Oldman's performance holds up, but that just because it feels like maybe Gary Oldman's in a whole different movie. But like, okay. there is, yeah. there is a low key, low key maybe top five worst Anthony Hopkins performance. Uh,
1: yeah. I mean, I'm going to get a lot of hate for this, but like basically any Hannibal Lecter that isn't in Silence of the Lambs, I would, I would nominate for a low light.
0: Okay. Those are, those low are all
1: freak. low lights.
0: Okay. So Hannibal and here's the Hannibal... weird thing. I love everything about Hannibal except for Anthony Hopkins. Cause he just seems bored. He's he's bored. He's like, I'll do your boring movie. But everyone else is so invested in that movie.
1: What's the other? There is another one. Red Dragon?
0: (sighs) Nate's not in Red Dragon enough to be bored. I actually kind of like parts of that movie. But, I mean, also, I don't like parts of that movie, a.k.a. Brett Ratner.
1: Anything that Brett Ratner does. (laughs) Disgusting. hate him. Back to the Mines. Not a fan.
0: Oh, you got yours ready to go? Yep.
1: Sending this text over in now. I got to tell you, too, not only do I feel very confident in
0: my predictions about yours, I also got to say I am in the catbird seat tonight when it comes to uh, movies I get to pair with other movies.
1: I think I've done a great, a really good job. I, I, if we are talking about first part of this
0: thing, yes, you have done a wonderful job, considering that you have had some real weird stuff to pair with some real weird stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, tonight I think I've done a job, because I sat down and I, and I prepared which movie I was pairing with which.
0: I think I said this once before, I like the second half of your list better than I like the first.
1: I mean, yeah. What do you wait? Do you mean you like the back half? You like the six to ten, or you like the like the 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 five to one?
0: No, second half of your list would mean that by in terms of the order we do this in, this would be five to one. Okay. All right. Yeah. The second half. Yeah. Okay. I guess if the other, I guess the simpler way to say it is, I like the top part of your list better than the bottom part of your list. <laughs> well, the bottom part of the baby, it's, the
1: bottom part of my list is
0: jazz, baby. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me tell you this, Miles Davis. There was a moment last week before we sit down to talk about this where I was sitting there and she was just kind of just like giving me the daily or the weekly once over on like what we watched. And I was like, oh, I fucking had this one movie, Society, like Jesus Christ, like I just I how like how it, it's so gross. And she was like, did you not like it? I said? No, I really liked it. Like and she goes, oh, OK. And then I was like, but he had this one movie, The Fucking Church. And, he's, and, and she's like, didn't like it? I go, no! No, and I was like, there's no possible way anything else on his list is more bullshit than that. And I was wrong. So, on the other side of it, I'm curious to know where that bullshit lands because I was just like, I was like, somehow there's a purer version of Tyler Bate out there than that heroin that was there last like, last week. <laughs> like, it's insane. It's insane <laughs> that you found something more you than you possibly did last week. I thought it was over. Like, I thought you would apex. With the church for like this And I was like nope I was wrong
1: I know exactly What you're talking about I don't think you do uh, I, I, I don't know if you do either know exactly what you're talking about Or I'm going to be so Blindsided by one of your <laughs> by, by one of your Fucking things that I'm I, I don't know if I'll be able to <laughs> I don't know if I'll be able to To fully justify it Wow.
0: On the other side of this yeah. ladies and gentlemen Best of the horror decade 1985 to 1989 edition, late 80s, five to one. And for the love of God, just buckle in, guys, because he's got not one, but a few in here that are just absolute insanity. And some in a good way and some in an incredibly, incredibly very strange. I just
1: I have a question for you, Benjamin. Yeah. Do you want a party? It's party time. <sighs>
0: Welcome, everybody, to TWGTF, or as everybody knows it, from a graveyard in the city to a cabin in the woods. This is Two White Guys Talking Film, Best of the Horror Decade, 1985 to 1989, Late 80s Edition, Part 2, numbers 5 to 1. I'm, of course, one of your hosts, Ben, and joining me as always... Tyler. How are you, my dude? I'm
1: good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How much? How much of that? How much of that did you get? <laughs> when... I didn't hear anything. Okay. Great. Perfect. Why? Nothing. I. It was just like I had a full conversation in the living room. <laughs> I just put my mic like under my under my 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 blanket.
0: Yeah. No, I didn't hear a damn thing.
1: Perfect. Wonderful. Yeah,
0: there you go. You ready to do this?
1: Man, you betcha. <laughs>
0: I guess you go next, right? Yeah, because it goes. I do. Because I think you said you wanted to end on mine.
1: <laughs> I said, I think we'll have a good talk about both our number ones.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. So, me first or you first?
1: Me first.
0: Okay, you first. It's so your number five, buddy. What is it?
1: Number five from 1987, released by New Line Cinema, starring Kyle McLaughlin and Michael Nori, along with Kuglooliger, who we'll get very used to tonight. It is about. Two police officers, Thomas Beck and FBI Special Agent Lloyd Gallagher, played by Kyle McLaughlin, chase down a man after a quiet citizen, played by Chris Malerky, robs a Wells Fargo and goes on a crazy high-speed chase across the city, directed by Jack Soldier and written by Jim Koof. Under the pseudonym of Bob Hunt is the science fiction horror film hidden
2: what the hell is this guy doing with his pants The do you think he's doing busy night huh beck getting a little crowd in my van you know joey let me know asap when this guy gets posted yeah right cliff get these out gotcha All right let's here. get a dmv on on, on this get a good, good. We get in a span of 12 hours of that five bodies not counting miller who dies because he runs out of blood. A stripper screws some guy to death, steals his car, and takes off. All of this in 12 hours. I want to ask you, am I crazy? Or does this seem just a little bizarre? Yeah, it's a little bizarre. I knew that. I just wanted to know if you knew that.
0: You watch this while he live tweeted about it?
1: No. Neither I got I. home from something and I was like, he was like, this is the most fun I ever had on a set. And I'm like, I don't think that's true, but you know. Sure.
0: Sorry, you were on the set of Dune. What are you talking about? How could it be? <laughs> He's just like, I just get into a I just get into a verbal altercation with Kyle McLaughlin just being like, no, there's no way this is the most fun you ever had. This you were on the set of Dune. He's like, he goes, Well, it's my opinion. I go, it's wrong though. Like, you were on the set of Dune. <laughs> You were there when the Baron floated. Like, don't don't discount that.
1: <sighs> how'd you get on with? Uh, how'd you get on with the hidden?
0: Well, first of all, you don't ask the questions around here. I I ask the questions
1: around this side of the. I, I guess I guess you're right. I guess you're right. The
0: side of the the border. If I could just find them. Yeah, you don't you don't ask the questions around here. I do, and thank God I had them at the bottom of my thing ready to go, and. I will say this: How did I get on with it? I. This is actually the first thing I will say. You love a movie where someone is doing something crazy without a reason behind it.
1: Kinda, yeah.
0: It's like a really weird Tyler subgenre.
1: It is. I love the rampage of the guy who was like totally normal. Like it I happens do... in the Mouth of Madness, where like it he does. gets attacked by the guy with the axe, and it's like, oh yeah, that was his agent.
0: You know, I mean, like, here's the thing. I'm going to cite you two that aren't even in the Mouth of Madness. God told me to.
1: Yes, you're right.
0: And oh, what was the? Oh, I had another one, too. You know, it'll come to me throughout the episode. But yeah, God told me to. And there is another one that is like a thing where like, oh, the crazies. Yes.
1: Yes, I do. Yeah, that is a weird subgenre.
0: Yeah, it's a weird subgenre for Tyler, which is movies where people are going nuts for no reason, which might be yeah. a, a category I have to pick for you at some point.
1: Man. So
0: <sighs> tell me something. What is this movie about?
1: So this is about Michael Niori, who plays a police officer who is investigating why a guy named Jack DeVries, a quiet citizen with no criminal past, robbed a bank. Killed a bunch of security guards, stole a car, led a high-speed chase that ended up crashing and getting shot after crashing the Ferrari he had stolen. After DeVry dies, and around the same time that a special FBI agent, Lloyd Gallagher, shows up to inform them that Beck has been assigned to work with Gallagher to track down DeVry's, that we learn that DeVry's is hosting an alien creature that body hops and will body hop into another body, that of uh, Jonathan P. Miller, who's played by William Bonnet, and kind of slug impregnating them and controlling them like a puppet. <laughs> that is the plot of this movie. That's the plot of this movie. <laughs> and
0: I love that it's taken with, like, heat-level seriousness.
1: Yes. Funny you say heat-level serious is uh, Roger Ebert, who gave it three out of four stars. Good for Roger Ebert. (laughs) Fucking stud. A surprisingly effective film. So, you know, that's what we're working with. It
0: is. It is. Like, that's the thing about it is like, it is a run and gun police drama that just happens to be like, but here's the thing. There's like a slug in the guy and that's what's making him evil. (laughs) Yes. And also Kyle McLaughlin is a police slug trying to track down this.
1: Mm hmm. It, it turns out that he's a... Like, you, you get hints throughout the whole movie. But at the end, it's like, I am also an alien. Who's in this? You have Michael... What is that? Michael Niori. He's most, basically, who's mostly known for his television appearances. He was on All My Children. He was on NCIS, Yellowstone... Damages. No Most notably, he played Dr. Neil Roberts on the OC. You know, mostly what he's known for. Then you have Kyle McLaughlin, who is Kyle McLaughlin. We all know Kyle McLaughlin. We love Kyle McLaughlin. Most of these people in this movie are either TV actors or later on, or, or like if they're older, were like 50s and 60s, like B movie actors. Like mm-hmm. William Bonet, Klu Guliger. Is probably the most well-known, but that's only amongst like. Who is playing in this? He plays older police officer. He plays Ed Flynn. I think he has like a couple conversations with. Is that Gouliger? Back? Yeah, that's that's. Oh, Gulliger. he's fucking good. Yeah, he's good. God
0: damn, he's a chameleon.
1: Yeah, and he'll be showing back up on my list. Don't worry about.
0: <laughs> yeah, boy,
1: boy, howdy, will he?
0: Did Clue Gulager owe a lot of like income tax or something? And that's why he did movies like this in the eighties?
1: I think my man just loved to work. He um, might have been
0: one of those real Ric Flair guys, made a million spent too. Maybe, maybe,
1: maybe he maybe he like divorced four wives and had to be like, ladies and gentlemen, I have sold my eyes to pay alimony.
0: I mean, to be fair, I've got another guy who definitely is on that list of people who who lived that lifestyle coming up as well. So I can't really judge. When did you first see this? I saw this
1: years ago as a youngin. My parents would just buy movies all the time that they liked or that they'd seen from when they were younger. And I think they either rented this or they bought this and I watched it with them. And I was just like, oh, these effects are so cool. They are cool. There's a really good like flamethrower effect. There's a there's a couple of really gnarly squib moments in the back half of the movie.
0: That's the thing though, is that it is so fake. You could show it to someone who's like twelve now, and they'd be like, "Oh, it just looks like a video game, like a bad video
1: game." Yeah, yeah. And I mean, even at the time, like you know, I was a huge horror movie fan i don't think i was like a gore head or anything like that but i was just like man these these alien effects are really cool i have always loved like a goopy gross like puppet ain't wrong um and this movie's got some of the some of the nicest grossest puppets
0: it's true it's no screaming mad george but
1: no screaming mad george no no not not quite that cool (laughs)
0: I had to re I had to cut a clip for that one. Uh, Well, we already said it's society. And it's just the, that's the only clip there is. It's just the, your, uh, your ending line from last week, Uh, edible, edible fantasies. (laughs) And it's just like, it's, it's so funny, but it's just watching it. It's like, she looked over and she just went, oh, and I was like, yeah, sorry. Like
1: that movie's rough to look at. (laughs)
0: Last 15 to 20 minutes are for sure.
1: This movie never quite gets that bad. I and mean, I don't think anything on my list quite gets that gross. Mm,
0: you just hold your tongue, friend. How about that?
1: There's there's some there's some more gross puppets. I love a gross puppet. I think we gross puppets are... We know what you
0: love.
1: Are, uh, that's Tyler Pate.
0: I feel like I'm Dean Wormer in that scene in Animal House where they're they're having the trial over what should be done with the deltas, and um, it's clearly just a sham. And like, there's a moment where he goes, "When will I get my chance to speak?" And Dean Wormer goes, "You'll get your chance, smart guy."
1: <laughs> That's yeah, I love that. Uh,
0: uh, what is your favorite scene in this movie? Because I know mine.
1: I kind of love the buddy copness of it. I think upon rewatch, that was like the thing that I. I really got out of this was just like oh they are doing like a buddy cop thing and it's it's so fucking weird
0: by the way is this not like doing like men in black before men in black
1: It it is yeah it's it's like a, it's a sci-fi but it kind of like a horror tilt on the sci-fi yeah to a, a lesser extent
0: I mean men I, I, in this black
1: is, blows it up I mean, a little bit more
0: I mean, it's funny, too, that, like, when, like, he says to him, like, he goes, he goes, how do you know that? He goes, I can read your mind. And, like, upon rewatch, you're like, oh, yeah, he's probably fucking can read his mind because he's some sort of alien squid thing. I think
1: another thing that this really predates and it's kind of like a precog for is the X-Men.
0: Yeah, to a certain extent.
1: It kind of feels like like an elongated season one or two uh, X-Men episode.
0: Yeah, I buy that. What is your favorite scare in it? Because I don't know if there is a ton of scares.
1: Uh, I think the first time you see the, the slug come out of the guy and infect the other guy, that's pretty rough. That's probably the closest you get to scare in this movie.
0: That's a tough um,
1: beat. I think just the existential dread of something overtaking your body and causing you to act differently, is that's the greatest scare that this movie has
0: respectfully I understand that but to quote Richard Dreyfus when he puts his leg up in the boat and jaws later tonight with my list I got that beat <laughs> why should this be on your list though because that also because this is this is a lot like in my, my opinion, for me, last week, timey up, timey down in terms of this is right on the border of is this a horror movie? And then in, in the same way, it's a lot on the border of like Lady Terminator. Is this a horror movie? But I will stand with you that this is a horror movie.
1: I think the concept is horrific enough to to stand the test of time. But also I think we need as oh, like horror fans and as genre fans to really bring up these, like, science fiction horror films that we don't really see a whole lot of crossover in the... You know, you see, like, a mad scientist, but you don't see, like, science fiction horror in movies as much. Maybe they're more expensive, maybe they're harder to pull off, but I, I don't know. I think... Like, I think Invasion of the Body Snatchers, I think this... There's a couple other alien or science fiction movies that I'm just like perfect, but I don't think they're I don't think we promote enough from that side of the horror spectrum, in my opinion. Maybe I I'm mean, completely maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe I'm. I don't think
0: wrong. I don't, I don't think you are completely wrong. I mean, like Terminator is a horror movie, whether you want to believe it or not. The same premise of Terminator is the same premise of what people consider to be the greatest horror movie, Halloween. It is about one man chasing after a woman whose only goal is to kill that woman. The same thing. Like this movie is about a thing is running around the streets of L.A. And is just like fucking causing havoc because at its base core, it can. Like that's horror.
1: That is horror, yeah, and it's it's my favorite type of horror, apparently. No,
0: I think it's just an interesting subgenre you jump onto.
1: I think I think you're right. Um, yeah, and also also this movie soundtrack fucking whips.
0: It is a really good soundtrack. Weirdly, yeah, this and the Demon soundtrack are weirdly like way ahead of their way ahead of it. Yeah. Um, what would you pair this with?
1: That is a very good question. I would pair the hidden with the '76. That's off the top of my head. I think that's the right year. Remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers.
0: That's the Donald Pleasance. That Donald is, Sutherland.
1: is uh, Keith 78. Or Sutherland. 78.
0: Donald Shit. Sutherland.
1: Donald so Sutherland.
0: You were you were two years off. You were two years off. And what would you pair this with in the '90s?
1: I would pair this with this was the hardest one to figure out which goes where, right? Like this is the most I think I'm I'm trying to force like a like a circle peg into a square hole. Um but I I picked the I picked the 90s update of Psycho. You
0: know though, if I was walking down the street just in some random town and I just saw Playing Tonight double feature, The Hidden slash Psycho, I really don't know if I'd be that mad at it. Like,
1: You'd be like, well, 10 bucks to see The Hidden is... That's a pretty solid price.
0: And I mean, like, if I'm with my girl, I'm like, we'll just make out during Psycho. Like, I mean, like, except for, like, certain scenes that I will be watching, like, with, like, a hawk.
1: Oh, yeah, The, the scene where he jerks off, yeah, I know.
0: No, I'm going to be, no, maybe, no. Mostly the scenes where it's Vince Vaughn on screen acting, minus that scene, I guess. So, yeah, I guess all of Vince Vaughn's scenes. Yeah, it would be that. (laughs) Anything else you want to say on The Hidden? Anything else you want to sell him on?
1: I think this is also like a sneakily underrated Kyle MacLachlan performance.
0: He is wildly good in this movie. Like the way they just tell him like, don't don't be human. And he goes, gotcha. And like,
1: and I also think in weird ways that this both predates his, um, Dale Cooper performance, which is, I'm not going to say similar, but I don't know. They could be partners. Um, and also I think what's more important about this performance is it's very reminiscent of his Dougie Jones performance. (laughs) In some ways uh, Like a guy walking around kind of being like
0: Mr. Jackpots (laughs) Exactly No, but he's more competent He's almost like if Dougie Jones became the one Yes Like he can just walk between the bullets Like that's the thing Except for the other guy Like all humans are just easily played with him
1: That is all I got
0: All right We'll move on to my number five, I guess. And my number five comes from the year 1987, and it tells the tale of a married man's one-night stand come back to haunt him when that lover begins to stalk him and his family. An incredible little small cast, including Michael Douglas, Glenn Close, Anne Archer, Stuart Pankin, Ellen Foley, Fred Gwynn, and maybe the most adorable child ever, in Ellen Latson. This is of course the 1987 Thriller slash horror from Adrian line written by James Dearden. This is Fatal Attraction.
3: So
2: what can I get you? I've got Scotch, I've got vodka, I just I should be Cut hamburger. this shit, will you? Just cut it. I don't know what you're I'm gonna tell you it's gonna stop right now. No, it's not gonna stop. It's gonna go on and on until you face up to your responsibilities. What responsibilities? I'm pregnant. I'm gonna have our child.
0: Alex, that's your choice, honey. That has nothing to do with me.
2: I just want to be a part of your life. Oh, this is the way you do it, huh? Show up at my apartment. Well, what am I supposed to do? You won't answer my calls. You change your number. I mean, I'm not gonna be ignored, Dan. You don't get it. You just. Don't get it. Don't you remember our weekend? It wasn't that wonderful. (laughs) Why can't we just be like that again? I know you feel it, too. I mean, what are you so afraid of? (laughs) just don't flatter yourself, Alex. Go Go ahead, hit me. If you can't fuck me, why don't you just hit me? You're so sad. You know that, Alex? Lonely and very sad. Don't you ever pity me, you you you. bastard. I'll pity you. I'll pity you. You'll be sick. Why? Because I won't allow you to treat me like some slut you can just bang a couple of times and throw in the garbage? I'm going to be the mother of your child. I want a little respect. You want respect? Respect.
3: What are you doing? Please, then. Please don't go. I didn't mean it. Please, I'm sorry. I'll tell your wife. You tell my Uh, wife.
1: I'll kill you. It only takes a phone call! Michael Douglas is never a good guy, is he?
0: He's amazing at playing a scumbag like but like a weirdly like there is always something worse in the world that forces you to root for him.
1: Cause, yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm trying to think of like it's a shit heel, right? He has I know he's definitely done white knee baby face roles like I, I think he's kind what of movie. Like China syndrome, but that's like at the very beginning that. of his career.
0: The China syndrome, you get out of here with
1: that. He produced it, Ben. He produced I it.
0: I know what he produced. I'll tell you what, you'll be producing a goddamn
1: superior 70. list. That's what I'm producing.
0: Your produ- Your list is quite interesting. <laughs> I would also like to say, for the record, before we go any further, had we not done John Carpenter, this is probably where Prince of Darkness would have fallen for me.
1: Oh, yeah. Prince of Darkness probably would have landed top five for sure. Yeah,
0: yeah. I can I can say that confidently.
1: Interesting. I mean, I'm looking at his career. So what's weird is he has the, like, romancing the stone, the jewel of the Nile stuff, and then after A Chorus Line, it's Fatal Attraction, and I think Fatal Attraction Wall Street in the same year is such a big turn that I don't think you can ever really get back to being like a good guy, quote unquote.
0: What does he do after Fatal Attraction?
1: Give me his next four
0: movies after Fatal Attraction.
1: He's in Black Rain, where he plays, I think, like a cricket, a cricket cop or like a no, dirty he's cop. A,
0: he's no, I think he's I think he's the only good cop in that.
1: OK, no, you know, um, he's, he's
0: a cop on the edge.
1: Okay. That's it. Okay. That's still like a loose cannon cop. That's still kind of pushing it. Yeah. And then he does the Danny DeVito uh, satirical black comedy, War of the Roses. Uh huh. And then his next film that he acts in are Shining Through <sighs> and, and Basic Instinct.
0: <laughs> I mean, it does seem like Basic Instinct maybe is him. It might not happen yeah. with Fatal Attraction but it might be confirmed with basic instinct.
1: I I don't know, because they this falling down and disclosure. Well, first of all,
0: falling down is his best performance.
1: I, I mean, probably, yeah.
0: I, I don't even know if that's an argument to be made. Like, as much as, like, I get it. Greed is good is one of the most iconic things ever said on film, especially for Michael Douglas. Like, falling down is, like, another movie. Like, he doesn't look like Michael Douglas in that movie to me.
1: I'm gonna say it i am going to say it His best performance is the game
0: I do like the game Or don't say a word Um I just wanted to see if I could get you with that one It didn't work
1: I'm never going to stand up for a Gary Fielder movie You know
0: Is that you did don't say a word?
1: <laughs> Gary Fielder Also did the very well known Runaway Jury Oh, he did yeah, things to do in Denver too. when you're dead. Ugh. All right, oh, get that's the bad guy movie out of here. Too. Yes. Ugh. Wow. No love for Haywire. 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 So it's Steven Soderbergh, Gina Carano, Michael Fassbender, Ian Mcgregor, oh. Bill Paxton, oh, oh, Andrew Garfield. Oh, I do. I, don't like this movie. I forget he's in Haywire.
0: Holy shit. Everybody's in Haywire. He's in Haywire. Honestly, I'll say this: if we ever do Soderbergh. Could be on my top, my Mount Rushmore.
1: I mean, that's a big Rushmore.
0: (laughs) It's just a ninety-minute fucking ride. Like Haywire never stops.
1: Haywire never stops. Never stop. Never stopping. Exactly. Okay, what's Fatal Attraction about? I mean,
0: (laughs) Michael Douglas has the world's cutest daughter and the world's nicest wife, from everything I can tell. And then one night he goes out to a party with his nice wife and their friends and he sees this blonde who's played by Glenn Close and they then meet at a meeting where they are both working on the same thing. His wife is out of town at that point. He fucks the shit out of Glenn Close and she fucks the shit out of him, too. They have a romantic weekend together. He has to go back. Glenn Close is like, so you can just fuck me and leave? And he's like, well, kind of. He's like, you knew what this was? And she goes, not acceptable. And then she just kind of starts to make his life a living hell.
1: Yeah, that's basically it. Yeah. That's that's all. He said the two main actors were Glenn Close and Michael Douglas. We talked a little bit about Michael Douglas. Is, there, is this not the first Glenn Close movie, right?
0: Like her first movie ever?
1: She had to be around. At this no, point, she
0: comes. She I- is coming off of playing one of the most likable people a year earlier in The Big Chill.
1: Right. Okay.
0: I will say that's, this:
1: that's this what I the was grasping for. for. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. This
0: is it right here. This is the greatest Glenn Close performance of all time, and I've seen Albert Nobbs.
1: She was also in the world according to Garp.
0: She is good in the world according to Garp, but. Now, she does a couple things in between this, but I mean, like, it's, it's, that's her, that's her next big thing.
1: I think this is the that. movie that breaks her big. Oh, yeah. Though, right? Like, because this movie's huge.
0: And then she does Dangerous Liaisons, like, a year later. That's fucking nuts. Yeah. Like, she's yeah, on the know, run this at that is, point. Yeah.
1: This is the road that gets you to Zeffirelli's Hamlet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It nothing, really does get nothing you to that, that? doesn't it? Nothing I don't that. know if I know
0: okay. what that means. Maybe I don't get that joke. Try to explain it to me.
1: Okay, I was making a joke because the same year that she does Zeffirelli's Hamlet, she's in Hook, and that would be you know like the big mainstream movie. But for me, oh uh, okay, for me an art house nerd, it would be Zeffirelli's Hamlet.
0: Do you know who she mm-hmm. is in Hamlet?
1: She's she plays like the mom. She's like the the she plays uh, Gertrude.
0: Nope. Nope. And it's Wendy.
1: In Hamlet?
0: No, not in Hamlet. In Hook.
1: Oh, in Hook? I don't fucking know who she plays in Hook. I've how never well, seen Hook. How well,
0: you've never seen Hook? No. Okay, real real quick. B- bring it in real close. Could easily be a top four on the Spielberg Mount Rushmore.
1: you got to be fucking kidding me.
0: I fucking love Hook.
1: Ben, this is the most we've ever disagreed on a movie.
0: You've never seen it. You have no opinion.
1: That's true. It just yeah. looks real bad.
0: I stand with Rufio.
1: I mean, you, yeah, I guess and you were a kid when it was in a...
0: Oh, fucking A.
1: All I can't right. wait to talk Fatal about Fatal Attraction. Glenn Close well, plays there in we folk. go.
0: Yes. I mean, guys, you know what fucking Fatal Attraction's about. Come on. Like, this is the movie that made everyone scared of curly-headed blondes.
1: That thing that definitely exists. And also, kind
0: of creates the subgenre of
1: the bitch from hell. The Blake from Hell, yeah. This Basic Instinct basically are the same type of movie. They're not the same movie, but they're kind of in the same ballpark. And this leads to shit like, that Alicia Silverstone movie. What the stitter? The crush.
0: Oh, the crush. <sighs> Boy, there's a movie that doesn't age well.
1: There's a movie that fucking sucks. And also Poison Ivy, which is a better version of The Crush. It's true. When did you first see this?
0: I gotta be honest, man. I probably saw this, like, in, like, the... I mean, like, my parents had a bunch of VHSs just with stuff taped off of HBO, and this was on there. I remember watching this, like, one afternoon and just being like, this is fucking... Like, I'll say this. This is probably one of the more rewatchable things on my list you can put on fatal attraction at any moment and it's pretty watchable like this is adrian Lyne's best movie disagree do you think his best movie is
1: indecent proposal really i really like indecent proposal
0: really yeah
1: why would i joke about that
0: i don't i don't know because because you're you, you want to know why? Because you're you. That's that's why you want to joke about it.
1: Yeah, I yeah. really like a decent proposal. I also really think like foxes is really good. I don't think i have ever seen foxes. I've seen foxes. Jacob's ladder, baby.
0: He did do Jacob's ladder, didn't he? What was the one he did this year? Deep water. Deep water. I couldn't remember if it was dark water or deep water.
1: Darkwater is the Todd Haynes movie. What
0: if we switched those two directors and like Adrian Lyne directed Darkwater and um, Todd Haynes directed don't Deepwater? Fucking,
1: don't fucking tempt me with a good time. You want, you, you want me to imagine a Todd Haynes erotic thriller? I will do that.
0: And you want me to imagine <laughs> an Adrian Lyne legal thriller? I do want to imagine that. Honestly, yes. <laughs> Can I make it sexy? No, you may not.
1: No, make it sexy. I don't care. <laughs>
0: still doing those weird twitches, but he's also fucking his wife a lot.
1: Yeah, it's a fog machine behind everything. (laughs) What's your favorite scene in this movie? And conversely, what's your favorite scare in this movie?
0: My favorite scare in this movie, which I'm going to answer first, is when he, after he's just fucking had it, he just goes and essentially breaks into her apartment to fucking kill her, and then he can't do it. And there's that, like, moment where they're both kind of, like, gasping for air, And then, like, she goes and, like, like, gets a little water out of the sink and puts it in her mouth. And then you just hear the scream and you see her coming at him, like, waving a butcher knife. And you're like, that's fucking terrifying.
1: Yeah. 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 For me, it's the bunny. But you're right.
0: I mean, the bunny is fucking upsetting. There's a reason I didn't watch this with my lovely. Because I did not want to have to watch her watch a child watch a bunny die. She's making a face right now. The favorite scene, honestly, is like when she does the line, I won't be ignored, Dan. Like there is there's just genuine terror in her in her voice. Like like when she like anytime she's on screen, you're really creeped out by her. And like she's
1: yeah, she's a creepy lady. It makes me
0: sad that I didn't have I didn't have audition to play with because it would go so well with this.
1: You're right. You are right. What that leads me to is what movies would you pair it with, brackets, any movie from history, brackets, also, what movie would you pair it with, brackets, the 1990s list?
0: If I can pair it with any movie, it's Audition. It makes a lot of sense when I say it. And if I have to pair it from something with the 90s, I'm going to pair it with uh, 1992's Raising Cain.
1: I love the pick with Raising Cain. Hear me out on what to pair it with. Hear me out. You pair this movie with. Best movie of 2022. Don't worry, darling.
0: Tyler thinks we should pair Fatal Attraction with uh, Don't Worry, Darling. I can see that
1: actually.
0: Yeah, that if yeah. that makes sense in yeah. your head. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did
1: he love Don't Worry, Darling? That's his favorite. You know,
0: we right? haven't talked about it. Now that I'm just <laughs> I'm just saying it out loud. I'm realizing just now we have not talked about it.
1: It's a, it's a uh, talk right.
0: Like, for sure. <laughs> I mean, it goes, don't worry, darling. Yeah. yeah. And... It
1: was a horror movie, right, based on how badly it was done? Right? I mean... How scary it was?
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know what he, what he thought of Don't Worry, Darling. And you know what? I'm almost tempted not to ask in the chance that somehow, some way, <laughs> Tyler liked Don't Worry, Darling... <laughs> And we have to talk about it for the best of the year. Like, if it somehow is number 10 That'd and I'm just like, hilarious. I'm just as surprised as the rest of you <laughs> that I had to watch this again
1: within a calendar
0: year. <laughs> fucking Olivia Wilde
1: dropped the ball so badly. It's, it's not even a drop the ball. She threw the ball into the fucking ocean. He says it's
0: not even a drop the ball. She took the ball and threw it
1: into the ocean. <laughs> She didn't even
3: have the
0: ball. No, no. She had an invisible ball and it still didn't work. She, the first day they were doing an acting exercise where they were throwing an invisible ball and they threw a turn. She goes, it popped and then just went to her dressing room for 14 hours. And they're like, (laughs) I guess we'll just start, right? (laughs) Like, and the rest of it was just hell from there. I lost my ball. Don't you get it? That movie's bad.
1: We're going to segue from that stupid joke into why do you think this should be on the list?
0: I mean, it should be on the list because, like, it's genuinely a fucking terrifying movie. And I'll tell you this, too. Once you get married, this movie gets infinitely a little scarier. I remember watching this movie when I was married and just being like, yeah, this would fucking suck. Like, just the stuff about having to, like, lie to someone on that level. And you're just like, oh, God.
1: Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. It it would quote unquote suck. Yeah, it would be pretty terrible. Mostly, I think it's terrifying just because he honestly, like, Michael Douglas, have sex, which is just never a thing I want to envision. She fucks him stupid in this movie. It's Andrew Lyon, of course. Like you know, I he's mean, best known for nine one and a half weeks at this point. I
0: mean, at the same time, too, it is so eighty sexy that it's not even sexy.
1: It's got a really loud saxophone in this movie.
0: There is a very loud saxophone in this movie, isn't there? Or would you say a saxophone?
1: I yeah, yeah, saxophone. That's what I said.
0: Saxophone. Saxophone.
1: We should I also agree. shout out Ann Archer really quick before we move on.
0: You know, Ann Archer does fucking rock in this movie.
1: Like she's great. She,
0: it's weird too because like once he cheats on her, you're like, fuck you, dude. Ann Archer is a good person. Like there's no moment in that movie where they make her out to be a bitch, where you're like, yeah, he fucking earned this cheat. You're like, no, you suck, Michael Douglas.
1: No, it's it's doubly bad, because it's just like, oh, wow, his wife's also cool? All right, well. He's
0: the cutest little kid, too. Cute kid. Yeah. Michael Douglas bad.
1: sucks. That's, that's he does, just he the, does that's in this just... movie.
0: I mean, I think we've said everything about Fatal Attraction we need to say, right? I mean, like... One of the best thrillers, definitely, of the 80s. And it's a horror movie in the la- like the last 20 minutes of that movie where she breaks into their house is fucking unnerving. Like where she's cutting at herself with that knife. That's so fucking scary.
1: Very scary. And yeah, I mean, you know, Fatal Attraction. Michael Douglas, Glenn Close uh, made $364 million at the box office.
0: Did it really? One of
1: the biggest movies of the 80s. So, you know.
0: Holy sh- Santa Claus shit. That's a lot of money.
1: Uh, that's from uh, 1987 bucks yes it is yeah that
0: was the year i was born I think well, a we thought of both
1: for the back half of the lift with 1987 movies
0: interesting well there you go why don't you take us on to your number four and we'll, we'll see what you got
1: my number four is the movie most likely to make ben Upset With Me, it's from 1989, it is so obscure, it does not have a Wikipedia page, and stars no one and was made by nobody. That being said, it was written and directed by Jay Wolfel, stars Nick Baldessir, Rick Kessler, and Susan Pinsky, and it's about a man named Ben whose nightmares come back to haunt him and his friends in this psychological, supernatural horror film. That's it. That's all I got from 1989, Beyond Dream's Door. Professor
3: Knox! Can you read this? What is it? Just a dream, I guess. I'll give it a look. Thanks. I've got to go.
2: has opened a door into his mind. Has anything even remotely like your dream ever happened to you in real life? No. Absolutely nothing. The dream, is it always the same? We're like a chain hooking on to each other. I don't want to know it's going to end and unleashed a horror for all those who know what he dreams door We have things to do before we go to sleep.
1: I get punched through the computer, ladies and gentlemen.
0: Boys, you never should have done what you've been doing. Is a line in a movie coming up on my list that we will talk about. But for now, got to talk about this. Well, where, how did you? How did you find this? Like, what? <laughs> where? Where did this come so, from? This feels like a fucking nightmare. Like, I, I swear to God. Like, like I'm, I'm? sitting in the car. She was, she came to grab me for work, and I was sitting in the car. And she, I, I came outside, and I sat in. And she goes, "How are you?" I'm like. I just watched this movie called Beyond Dreams' Door, and she goes, "How was it?" I go, "I don't fucking know. I don't fucking know. It's so fucking weird." Oh, <laughs> go ahead. Sorry, um, I don't want to step on this. When did you
1: first see this? So I, one year, every year, I think it's like halfway to Black Friday, or a couple of weeks leading up to Black Friday, labeled called Vinegar Syndrome will have a sale where they have a bundle that you can buy at like a half. Uh, the cost of what the bundle would cost if you bought them all separately the only thing is you don't know anything of it other than like i think one title in that sale was a a box set called i think it's homegrown horse and i bought it and it came with two other movies Those two other movies being a 1980 something movie that is way too long than it should be called Final Exam or Fatal Exam from 1990 and another movie from 92 called Winter Beast, which those are two weird psychotronics. So I watched Fatal Exam, did not like it, did not have any expectations for this movie. I was high as a kite the first time I watched this and this movie fucking terrified me because it feels like a dream yeah and you never really get an explanation to what's happening and it just looks so weird it was shot on 16 millimeter but it was direct to video so it was edited on video equipment so you get moments in the movie where they don't have the, the original film elements and it kind of just averts to video and you get to see how it originally looked and if I was high and saw this movie on, like, a just a VHS tape with, like, no knowledge of, like, anything or, like, where it came from, it would maybe break you a little bit. Because this movie is kind of bonkers.
0: <laughs> I will say this. I agree with you 100% about the dreamlike state of it and how you're never really given an explanation. Those are things I like. What I don't like is is a movie that just, like... I don't know if it ever... You know what I think my biggest problem is? I think it never fully threads the loop.
1: I think you're right. I don't think it fully pays off any of its intrigue, and that that is a that is a major flaw that I totally understand. However, I think this movie is so intuitive and so well put together for how much the budget should could have been on this goddamn thing. And knowing that this movie was shot for like fucking pennies and the way that they got some of the shots that they got, I'm just like, I absolutely find this movie to be like such an inspiration. It does, personally. It does make
0: you feel like you could make a horror movie, doesn't it? yeah. And, yeah.
1: like, a really good one and cool one with a lot of cool shit in it.
0: There's some, in, there's Even, some inventive stuff in it. I won't deny you that.
1: There's some, like, really cool... Like, you don't think that they would be able to pull it off with the budget, but there's some really cool, like, gore effects. There's some really cool and really inventive just imagery that, again, you're just kind of like, I don't understand how you guys put this together like it it doesn't make sense to me
0: that's fair i get you on that one what is your favorite scene in this movie
1: i really like the use of the footage they shot in so there's like a scene where there's two other psychologists that are friends with the main guy and you see footage of him sleeping and, like, that footage and the use of, like, security footage I think is really cool and d- does genuinely unnerve me. It's really hard to pin down, like, my favorite scare because so much of the surreal visuals I just find would be really cool and, like, genuinely, uh, like, off-putting at times.
0: I mean, I think the favorite scare is the sense of the unknown.
1: Yeah, that's that's a good... Way to put it. Like, the fact that you don't
0: know if you're awake or not.
1: Yeah, no. Like, I imagine what it would feel like to, like, be at a slumber party and stay up all night and, like, watch this at, like, 2 in the morning. And you're just, like, your brain is melting.
0: Can I give you a pitch for someone to help them and help get this back into the public consciousness in a better way? Yeah, go for it. Give this same premise to Richard Kelly. I agree. Right? I think he could do this. This reminds me of The Box, in a way.
1: It does. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. you're You're not wrong. Yeah, you're not wrong. It would
0: give us that fourth Richard Kelly movie, too.
1: The thing that I most need in this world.
0: I do enjoy a good Richard Kelly movie.
1: I, too, enjoy a good Richard Kelly movie.
0: It's like he's trying to outpace Todd Field for a movie.
1: Uh, Speaking of Tar. Have you seen it? You gotta see it. I'm seeing it next week. <sighs> You've seen <sighs> it? Yeah, it came out here. Nice.
0: Oh, I'm I excited. think
1: next week is the week it finally releases, like, fully wide. It does. I'm not, it's, mistaken. It's,
0: in, it's, in, it's in Reno next week. I am I am
1: fucking um, stoked. Because they did that, that, that rollout that I really hate, where it's like, New York, yeah. LA for, like, two weeks. And then it's like, the other big cities, like Chicago, the next week. And then... The third tier of big cities, like Portland and San Antonio.
0: Let me ask you this: Has she pretty much got it sewed up?
1: I don't know, man. I have a feeling that there is going to be discourse around this movie when it goes fully wide.
0: I'm excited.
1: Um, I'm watching it. But... Uh,
0: I'm watching it on Saturday of next week. She's getting her hair yeah. done for like four hours. My ass is.
1: That's going perfect. To you can almost you can almost watch the movie twice.
0: I don't think I'm doing that. I think I'm going to watch a Creature from the Black Lagoon and Phantom of the Opera from the 1930s double, and then I'm going to go into that.
1: That's a solid double bill. Are they with Creature from I the Black Lagoon? They're not doing it in 3D, are they? I don't think so. Okay.
0: Why should this be on your list?
1: Because it fucking rules, and they made it for like
0: $3. It's very true. And God help us all if this is what opens up the apocalypse, what would you pair this with?
1: That's a very good question. I would probably pair this with two normal movies that you have to stay up for that that start at like 10, nine nine or ten, and then I'd pair this. This would be the movie I put on at midnight when you're kind of losing it a little bit and your 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 mind's starting to break. I will grant you, you start this
0: movie at midnight, you're done by one fifteen.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's a short it's a short midnight movie, but it. It does effectively make you go, what?
0: Yeah, that's, you feel drunk after it, honestly. It's weird. It's the same feeling I got after I watched Seed of Chucky, but <laughs> but I didn't feel the hangover the next day with this one.
1: I feel like I could probably parent with the movie from my first half that also made you feel drunk. What was that? Was that, that Lady Terminator?
0: No, that was The Church.
1: Okay, you could probably pair this with a church.
0: But more importantly, what do you pair it with from your 90s list?
1: From my 90s list, I pair this with Habit.
0: Not what I was expecting, but interesting. Uh,
1: because they're both indie movies made for with a sandwich and a hope, and they both punch way above their weight class, in my
0: opinion. But you know what? I, I respect what you said there. That's fair. Time to take it on to my number four. And my number four is the first of three movies tonight in a row that we have spoken of before, but don't let that detract you because we are definitely going to have a conversation about each and every one of them. And the first one comes from 1986 and is directed by a man that I have been told by my girlfriend. She will never, ever, ever, ever watch another movie of his ever again. Mr. David Cronenberg. At what might be David Cronenberg's apex. And I know there's a lot of arguments to be made, I think, on this podcast for what his apex is. But this is the movie that stars Jeff Goldblum, Gina Davis, John Getz, and is a movie about a man named Seth Brundle who has developed a machine that can teleport things from one place to the other. He's just having a little problem with teleporting people, or as he likes to say, the flesh is the problem. So, guys, sit back, pull up a cheeseburger. And let's talk about Seth Brundle and his lovely muse slash biographer Veronica as we talk about 1986's David Cronenberg's The Fly. I'm afraid! Don't be afraid! No. Be afraid.
3: Be very afraid. Who's this?
2: Oh, I forgot to tell you. I live with my mother, too. Mom, meet Tony.
3: I gotta go. Thanks for a wonderful time. Why'd you scare her off? Jealous?
2: You're changing, Seth. Everything about you is changing. You look bad. You smell bad. I've never been much of a bather. Those weird hairs that were growing out of your back, I took them to a lab. I had them analyzed.
3: The hairs? The hairs? Oh, yeah, that's a strange thing to do.
0: Not as strange as the results. The guy at the lab had trouble identifying them. He finally came to the conclusion that they were definitely not human. (laughs)
2: <laughs> very good. Not human, Seth. In fact, very likely insect hairs.
3: That's silly. That's ridiculous.
2: Look. Now there's more. Uh, look at your face. Something happened when you
0: went through, Seth. You've got to get some help. I think you must be sick. You You're have... jealous!
3: I've become free. I've been released.
2: And you can't stand it. You'll do anything to bring me down. Look at me. Does this look sick? Does this look like a sick man to you?
0: No, stop it. Are there any sick men who can do that? Come here. Help.
2: Wheels off. I don't need you anymore.
3: No, oh, wait, Seth, please, wait,
2: Seth. Don't come back.
0: John Getz is in another movie.
1: John Getz is always in another movie.
0: <laughs> no, he's in Blood Simple.
1: He's the star of every movie that he's in, you know. Does that that makes sense.
0: Biography. The star of every movie I was in, John gets. <laughs> that or I gets what I wants.
1: He's in The Fly Two. Have you ever seen The Fly Two?
0: We've had this conversation. You made me watch it for The Fly One.
1: I did, didn't I?
0: Yeah, you were like Ben. You should watch The Fly Two. I'm gonna bring it up a lot, and I'm like, damn it
1: weird movie the fly 2
0: the fly 2 is maybe a rival for one of the worst horror movies of all time
1: it's mm. <laughs> it's, it's okay. really bad it's really bad anyway yeah he's in that for some reason yeah john getz is great it's really john getz's fault
0: that um, it all happens
1: it really is yeah it is he does he does not fight hard enough in this movie
0: what does that even mean i don't know oh he doesn't fight hard enough in this movie make it sound like john gets is in a court battle to get his kids back in this movie he's a fucking scumbag who breaks into a woman's apartment and showers there
1: he is a scumbag
0: <laughs> who's scummier him or michael douglas in their perspective movies
1: oh man
0: like right like
1: Ah, because there's that scene where Michael Douglas, like, gets into bed and gets out of bed to make it look like he slept in it.
0: Oh, yeah, that is true. But John Gens, like, breaks into a woman's house and uses her shower.
1: It's pretty bad. They're both pretty bad.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they are. Guys, if you have never seen The Fly, here's what I recommend you do. Go watch The Fucking Fly, because I'm not going to not say spoilers or anything, but guy built a teleporter. He puts himself into that teleporter. He goes through. Also in the other teleporter was a fly and their DNA starts to splice. And let me tell you, when you splice your DNA with a fly, bad things start to happen.
1: This is more of the science fiction horror that I was thinking of when I was like, no, but there's a lot of science fiction horror film, but most of it is just like a mad scientist turns himself into a fly. Wouldn't that be fucked up? It's pretty fucked up. Have you ever seen the the original 50s version?
0: I have. I love it.
1: It's, It's very fun. If we get to the fifties which will be a a while from now, that's on the short list, I think. For me.
0: There's an interesting one to think about rewatching. I wouldn't hate it.
1: What's what's the movie about?
0: <laughs> yeah, is is that your question?
1: What's the movie about?
0: I mean, like I said, Seth Brundle builds himself a, a teleporter and a fly is in there when he teleports himself and he starts turning into a fly. And it is uh, the grossest transformation from what is clearly the Apex Hot Jeff Goldblum.
1: Yeah. I think there's many readings on the movie because he spends most of the movie getting cool fly powers for like the first like part of the second act. Before it before it becomes bad, and so you have these like readings of the movie where it's like, oh, it's like about you know addiction, or like, oh, it's about like watching a loved one get cancer. And Cronenberg is so good at really wrenching out the horror of like watching someone close to you like become this like grotesque thing. I think it really makes the fly such a wonderful movie.
0: Yeah, I get that. I understand that concept, but, and, and he captures it really well. Like Mm -hmm. that's the thing too, is like what a lot of people don't give David Cronenberg this credit, despite him being a very, a person who can capture grotesque things very well. He also knows how to make people look incredibly beautiful before those grotesque things come upon them.
1: Your boy, he is really good in directing at this in this movie.
0: It's it's one of the best directed movies I think on my list. Like, there's a strong contention that if there were like if we did the TWGTF Screamies, and who knows, maybe when we get to the end of all these decades, that's our big that's our big award show for the horror decades is to do the Screamies. I mean. Like, I don't think it's off the table to say that he would be up for a best director. Like, there's just, like, scenes of this movie where, like, it's it's the, it's the example of being able to make a movie where like, he holds your hand like a child crossing the street, like you're the child, but he never makes you feel stupid about the way he does it. Nothing in that movie that he does feels condescending, even though the whole movie, he kind of condescends to you.
1: I think there's something about the way that he acts in this movie that i think really truly makes you think like oh he's 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 a nice guy he's a good guy you know what i mean you know what I mean? like where he's just like oh he's I, he's I nice
0: i don't think he is a bad guy i don't think he no is.
1: no he isn't i just think he's 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 kind of a dick. It feels like he's on the spectrum in some ways.
0: That's what it is. I think he is such a genius, like that he is.
1: Anywho, where did you first see this?
0: Uh, you know, this is another one from the parents' tape collection. Like, this was written on a tape, and it just said "The Fly." And I think it actually had both versions of "The Fly." I think my dad taped them back to back. Oh no! But nice. it started. It started um, with this one.
1: Damn it! That's that's great. That's wonderful that great? way to do it. I tracked this down on like the movie channel, I think. Yeah, I remember it was on Bravo like all the time. Everybody was just like, "Oh, The Fly, The Fly, The Fly!" Like my parents were like, "Oh, The Fly's great." And so I just finally was just like, "I gotta watch The Fly." And so it's like, I think I just like sat down and watched it one afternoon. On like the movie channel Like I, I just recorded it And was like gotta watch The Fly What's your favorite scene?
0: Like you remember when you had to wait for movies to come on Or like you just went out and bought that movie And that's the way you could watch it all the time I fucking miss that Yeah
1: Yeah Cause like the When I watched the the original Fly It was because it was on Netflix And I was just like Oh the original Fly is on Netflix I should watch the original Fly It's got Vincent Price in it Yeah A plus baby And then I did Yeah, there there was a substantial amount of my childhood of being like, oh, someone told me I should watch this movie. Oh, it's playing at this time on this channel. I should stay up and watch it.
0: I'll either stay up and watch it or I will record it. Exactly. Yeah. And to answer your favorite scene, I honestly kind of love, like... I mean, the scene where he like, I mean, I'll say it, dude, like if he's not on the spectrum, he is the smoothest pickup artist of all time. The way he does that stocking trick. Mm hmm. Yeah, shouldn't work. But it does. Also, too, you know, we haven't really said it. Gina Davis is fucking brilliant in this movie.
1: Gina Davis is brilliant in this.
0: The amount of terror she puts out of being like, I don't want something inside of me. I get it.
1: Yeah. Honestly, they
0: should play that to, like, reverse that bullshit call from this year. Yeah. Oh, and to answer your other question, it's the abortion scene that's the scariest.
1: It's great. Yeah, no, it's great. I love when, I love when little Davy Crones pops up in this movie as a gynecologist.
0: It's what he always wanted to be.
1: Because his next movie is Dead Ringers, right?
0: I think so, yeah.
1: I think it's Dead Ringers after this. Ah, ugh. Dead Ringers is a good movie. It's also real gross.
0: Dead Ringers is a real good movie and it is real gross. That is true on both of those accounts. That was uh that was on my short list for this year for this uh, for this list at one point.
1: Mine too. I the, the prom, his, he we got a problem looking at uh, the the first half of the, the 80s cuz you got Scanner's Videodrome and the Dead Zone. Those are all really good movies, man.
0: One more time, Scanners,
1: scanners, Videodrome, and The Dead Zone.
0: Those are all from the late 80s?
1: Those are all from the early 80s.
0: So those could be next year.
1: Yeah, those are 81, 83, and 83, respectively.
0: Scanners, Videodrome, and The Dead Zone. Jesus Christ. There could be two David Cronenberg movies on my list next year. Yeah. There's one for sure. Like, I'm already thinking one of them, and it's like a... Perfect number seven, huh? Well, I'll be fuck me. Yeah, that could be that could be huge. You fucking kidding me? You don't have to fuck you movie theater. You don't have tar. Kiss my ass. <laughs> no, fuck them if uh, they don't have it. I'm not. I'm not playing that game.
1: Um, you know, I think you know we know why it should be on your list.
0: Yeah, it's huh? fucking incredible. It's so scary.
1: I mean, if it wasn't going to be on your list, it's going to be on my list, and it was on my list for a while.
0: Yeah, it's pretty great
1: what would you pair it with for both of them?
0: You know, just to do what you like to do to be funny, the fly Two.
1: Yeah.
0: And I would pair it from my nineties list with the addiction.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's a good pairing. It's a really good Thank pairing. You. I was pretty proud of that one.
0: You want to move on to your next one? Your number yes. three. We're in the top three for you.
1: Oh, baby, it's my favorite type of horror. That's right, Italian horror. Not only Italian horror, but Italian supernatural giallo horror. It's, of course, directed by Dario Argento and starring Jennifer Connelly because his daughter was busy. That's a joke. Starring Jennifer Connelly, his wife at the time, Daria Nicolini, and Donald Pleasence. The plot takes place at a Swiss boarding school, an American girl discovers she has psychic powers that allow her to communicate with insects and uses them to pursue a serial killer who is butchering young women at and around the school also released under the name creepers in america where it was significantly cut down and nearly 20 minutes shorter this is of course the 1985 film phenomena
2: hey jennifer listen what I'm a spider. Look at my and I'm spider a speak and you shall be obeyed. No, no. Look at spider. No. Stop it! Stop it! I'm a killer spider. Death one is I'm a mosquito. I'm a spider. I'm a I'm a fly. I I'm a mosquito. I'm a spider.
0: I'm a spider.
2: I love you, I love you all, I love all of you. I called an ambulance to have her taken to the mental hospital. They'll be here any minute. At least they'll be better equipped to keep her calm. But is she, she insane? Well, she's not normal. She's diabolic. Diabolic? Yes. The Bible also refers to the devil as Zebub, which means Lord of the Flies.
1: Look at her, the Lady of the Flies. Call
0: me as soon as she wakes up. It's it's now official. Dario Argento is my favorite out of the three. Like it goes Argento, and it's you know it, it'll be a fist fight for number two between Fulci and and Bava. But I, I think know. it's
1: I think it's for you it's Bava and Fulci. Whereas Fulci's my guy. I love Argento, so, but Fulci's my guy.
0: It's so weird. You like? I mean, I understand why you like Fulci, but like. You I mean, like,
1: make it the biggest zombie movie where all the blood come out of the face.
0: To cool, Mr. Burns. We know what you think.
1: I, I will mean, say I think Argento. Let I me mean, say this though. He he made deep red. He he did make deep red.
0: I mean that movie is that movie lights your brain on fire.
1: I will say this. I do think Argento is the only director where I think his movies would probably go across three decades. I don't think, well, I think you're going to see more Argento on the next list than you will going for I don't know. I do think, I think Argento is more canon than Fulci, although I think Fulci has some higher highs.
0: The real question, though, on everyone's mind is Will you see him in the 2020s list for best of the horror decade?
1: Dario Argento?
0: Yeah. Maybe. With dark, gla- with dark glasses.
1: We'll see. Dark glasses, I haven't seen it yet. It's playing here, so I might go. I might watch it tomorrow night, actually, cause it's on shutter.
0: It's on, Sh- on shutter. I was going to say, What do you mean it's playing here? It is. It's playing on a big screen? Yeah. Oh, you have to go. You have to go. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Out of all the movies in the world right now, you have to go see that on the big screen. Because what if it's fucking, what if it fucking rocks? Like you can say you what saw if, that movie on a big screen.
1: Like, what if it fucking rocks? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I might, I might go, go, I might go to. Uh, <laughs> it's an like hour Wednesday. 26
0: minutes, which is by the way, yeah. the thing I can say about every one of his movies for the most part, that I really enjoy. All of his movies are fucking so short. This one is not, actually. This is almost two hours, and that's one of my biggest problems this, this with one, this movie.
1: This one is long. And that is sort of the problem with it. I do think eventually it pays off so fucking well. I think this, I think this baby pays off like a slot machine, whereas other movies, maybe trauma, uh, don't pay off as well. But this movie fucking pays off.
0: I mean, it does. It it does. Like, I will say, like, just when you thought there wasn't going to... Like, and I, I say this because I think we're going to cut past to, like, spoilers and stuff. We're just going to talk about it. Just when you thought there isn't a deformed little child who's the murderer. Turns out there is a deformed little child who is the murderer.
1: He's not the murderer.
0: <laughs> he ain't helping.
1: He ain't helping. But his yeah. mom daria nicoli who plays frau Bruckner who is the the woman who's like in charge of the like the head mistress she's the murderer
0: well she's the murderer yes but i think that little kid is helping
1: i don't think the kid is i definitely don't think the kid's doing anything any any favors
0: exactly yeah it's pretty upsetting i'm gonna say that
1: this movie's so fucking weird.
0: <laughs> it's so funny that Donald Pleasance is in this movie and is just in a wheelchair and just has a red ass. And I, I mean this with no irony, a red ass baboon helping him out.
1: Yeah. Baboon's doing a good job, too.
0: Argento is a guy who can just make the most ludicrous movies kind of just viable. I don't, I don't know how he does it. It's a real magic trick.
1: Yeah, this and Trauma, I think, are the two where you're just like, how did he even pitch this and to whom both it movies work does. well but it's just it like does. how this this is a movie where he's just staring the camera is just like close up on fucking insects and it's good
0: he he's Still. gross man but he understands gross in a way that very few people do
1: this is also on this half of the list the most recent first watch for me.
0: So you don't. This was the first time you saw this.
1: I had the first time. Yeah, the first time I'd seen this was relatively recently. It was over the summer. I rented the new 4K disc that was released through Synapse or Arrow it was through Arrow, and was just like taken with just how beautiful the movie looked and just how fucking weird it was
0: agree with you it's beautifully shot I don't know if I enjoyed this movie because I watched it for the first time like about two weeks ago for preparation for seeing if it would make my list and I just remember being like oh I see a lot of like the potential that other movies of yours have that I enjoy like Tenenbrae and Deep Red but this this just doesn't work at the end for me
1: I think the ending Makes me jump for joy and do like, I don't know. Maybe my maybe my brain has just been rewired from years of Giallo and years of, of Fulci and Argento. But like, I got to the ending and I was like doing little dance around my apartment.
0: Oh, uh, <laughs> fucking gory! God, you damn. think this?
1: You think this list is weird? Wait until we get to next year, man.
0: Yeah, I'm actually very excited to see next year. I think you're also banking on the fact that I'm just gonna go like super like just kind of like get all the hits out of the way and then we'll we'll be able to what do you call it you'll be able to just do your bullshit all year around
1: <laughs> i do think that kind of yeah
0: <laughs> yeah yeah why don't you uh why don't you tell us what this movie's about
1: jennifer connelly can talk to worms that's true. also there's the serial killer
0: I do love that the serial killer just starts off in the mountains. It's just like, "I'm going to kill me a girl at a bus stop."
1: Wait, kill me a Danish tourist. Maybe you're right. Maybe it is the deformed kid and she's just she's just doing the serial murder to make it look like it wasn't.
0: Oh, you think like you think like he killed that one and then she's like, "Fuck, well I got him. <laughs> you think she pulls a lift gal?
1: Yeah, kind of The well, movie doesn't uh, give me any any reason not to make this head cannon, so
0: <laughs> Jennifer Connelly's good in this if we're going to talk about who's in it
1: Jennifer Connelly's great in this and there's an alternate universe where this is the first movie that Dario Argento's daughter Asia Argento's in and this movie is the worst movie ever made
0: I just want to put her and Sofia Coppola in a pit together and just throw in one broken bottle and just put up a camera and go go
1: no, Sofia Coppola's good. No, I
0: think Sofia Coppola can take her.
1: I think Sofia Coppola could take her. Yeah,
0: like Sofia Coppola probably had to hang out on the set of Dracula. I can't imagine what that does to a child.
1: And I think it irreverent. Irre- 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 it just it warps you.
0: Yeah, probably. So you saw this this year. You said, "What is your mm. favorite scene in this movie?"
1: That's a very good question. I love the opening kill because it gets real stupid real quick. There's some real Dario Argento shit. I also love, there's a, a scene that's kind of way too long where um, Donald Pleasence, who's playing wheelchair-bound scientist named McGregor in the Swiss countryside, where he theorizes that the killer is like a necrophile, and it's so strange, and Donald Pleasence is just going fucking crazy in this movie that I think it's it's kind of a blast.
0: Yeah, I agree with that.
1: Also, the scene where he gets killed is also fantastic.
0: How does that go down again? Remind me.
1: He is... I think... He's murdered in his home. I forget how the murder exactly goes, but Jennifer shows up at his house after, I think, stumbling on another murder, and that's how you find that he has been, like, pushed down the staircase or something like that.
0: That is how it happens, isn't it?
1: Something like that. I could be wrong. This could be misremembering it, but I remember that scene being chilling when I watched it.
0: Yeah, as do I. And that's your favorite scene in Scare. Why should this be on the list?
1: Argent is a master, and... You know, it's my list... And I think Insects and Cool Murder is a good enough uh, reason to have any movie on a list.
0: No, fair enough. I'll give you that. What would you pair this with?
1: Inferno? It's another Argento movie. I Actually,
0: on. I almost put it on last night.
1: Oh, you're going to have to watch it regardless because it's great. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, you know what? Actually, two. I watched a movie last night called Kingdom of the Spiders. Not um, on Criterion? That, no. <laughs> no. No, I was at the it was at the horror movie uh-huh. marathon. I saw it on 35mm, no, not to brag. And it is a great movie about spiders that attack. So
0: interesting. Well, there you go. And you know I'm gonna I think I know what it is, but what would you pair it with your uh Best of the 90s part one?
1: You baby, you know what it is. It's cat in the brain, or cat in brain. Yeah.
0: yeah, that makes all the sense in the world. Anything else you want to say about Phenomena, a.k.a. Creepers?
1: It's good. Don't watch the Creepers cut. I did. It's It makes the movie impossible to follow. Think about that.
0: I, I will. And I have. And I am. Move on to my number three. And I'm going to say this, my Mayan some movies take several hours sometimes way too many hours to get their idea across the next bit of gold on my list only requires an hour and seven minutes to weld itself inside your mind for the rest of time i know at the time if you look at my twitter account my review says 4.5 stars but this is easily a five as this is one of the most inventive original And altogether kind of horrifying movies that I have ever seen as this sometimes if you watch it in the right light or you're watching it at the end of a very long week at midnight just to get it out of the way on like a Wednesday after doing so much overtime, reads like somebody's nightmare. It is the movie that stars Tomoro Taguchi, Kai Fujiwara, Nobu Kanakawa, and Shinya Sukamoto as both star, director, and writer. This is, of course, the 1989 movie that we have talked about before, but God, are we going to talk about it again? Because, man, for an hour and seven minutes, this movie packs in so much. This is Tetsuo the Iron Man. iron were you beavis from beavis and butter iron
1: no i was doing a, a triple h uh <laughs> it's something i don't know it's something i picked up from a podcast when they make fun of triple h they go <laughs> iron
0: okay weird but okay
1: yeah, it's oh my triple it's h. back
0: buddy we're talking about tetsuo the iron man
1: This is the greatest movie ever made, right?
0: This is in the conversation. If I had to pick 10 movies that you have shown me that I did not know about before this podcast, and we had to make a Mount Rushmore of those 10 movies as the possible choices, which actually I kind of love as an idea down the road. Maybe like if we ever say, you know what? It's time to shoot this old horse. (laughs) Like the last two Mount Rushmores are these. I really (laughs) honestly think, I really, I don't think that's going to happen for a while, but I'm just saying if it does, I think that's a great way to end it. I think this has a real case to be, like, in the top four, if not maybe number one. Like, it's this, Honeymoon Killers, Seance on a Wet Afternoon, and I don't know if I have a fourth one I can name right now, but I don't know, just to throw in a soft number four, Clute.
1: Clute's, Clute's good.
0: Clute's great. Not saying it would be number four if I looked at the whole thing we've done over this whole time, but I can at least give you a Saw three, but this is this is there.
1: Oh, that's that's nice to hear.
0: Yeah, this is Um, one of the best movies I've ever seen, and it's an hour and seven minutes.
1: It's it's pretty nice. Yeah, (laughs) this movie, the perfect type of movie, because from the fucking moment it starts, you're either in or you're out. You know what I mean? There is no other option. It hits you hit that those like those fucking chords in like the the fucking synthesizers and that like techno stars. And you're just like, I either can go with this or I can leave. There are no other other ways about it.
0: No, there really, really isn't. And the movie is such a simple premise There's this man, and there are only really four characters in this movie. Man, woman, woman with glasses at bus station, and metal fetishist. And we're just going to start with... Yeah, I know. And we're just going to start with the first guy, man. He fucking pisses off this metal fetishist who uh, pretty much says, Yeah, I'm not only going to turn you into this thing, but I'm going to make your life a living hell. And let me just tell you, man. It is just. It feels like somebody's fucking nightmare. The movie's not important. What happens? It doesn't matter what happens at the end of this movie. The fact is, this movie it feels like a fucking nightmare.
1: In many ways, is similar to Beyond Dreams' door in that both you kind of you kind of, afterwards. You're like, am I awake? Is this what awake being awake feels like? Am I in the worst dream I've ever had?
0: Top five. If I ever had that dream. Like, what would you rather experience? The video from The Ring in real life or this?
1: Uh, probably. I would say probably the video in The Ring.
0: Because you're just dead, right?
1: Because, yeah, like, you just, you kind of die. It's, like, kind of painful or whatever. This, like, you turn, it, You it's so much pain and also like violence against people around you.
0: Okay. I'm going to take it a step further. Would you rather solve the puzzle box in Hellraiser or deal with this?
1: Ah, again, I think the Hellraiser box, because it's, it's happening to me.
0: Yeah, that's very true. There's there's
1: like, there's moments in this where he starts like, like other people in his life get affected.
0: It is a brutal movie
1: the image of the guy with the odd in his mouth at the beginning with like this teeth biting down on it is.
0: Oh, fuck off.
1: Still one of the greatest things ever in the history of cinema.
0: Well, I, someone came up to me. I told someone to watch this movie and they haven't seen it yet, but I, the thing I told them, cause they're both really heavily into music. I said it sounds at moments like somebody is using the soundtrack to throw dishes and silverware at a ceiling. Like, but it's done so well that it hurts your ears, but also you're like, that's incredibly effective.
1: It it really is. This is one of... I don't think it's the earliest in, like, techno, but I think this, this movie and this soundtrack had a really big influence on the later techno genre from, like, mid-'90s onward. Also... This movie is cyberpunk as hell.
0: I mean, it's a movie that... And that's the other thing about it, too. Everything in this movie is fucking real. There's no special effects. It's all done with, like... It like and I'll say it, too. This guy is a smart fucking filmmaker. He made a movie where everything in it is practical, and the reason it works is because of how he does it. The, if this movie had been in color, this movie would not have worked. The fact that he shoots this in black and white... Is an incredibly smart decision.
1: It was his first time ever using 16 millimeter film stock. Everything else before this was shot on Super 8.
0: Interesting.
1: And yeah, it kind of, it kind of, you kind of, it kind of checks out. It's a beautiful, what else is, man.
0: What else did he do before this? Do I know
1: anything? So no, this is his first feature film, I think, if I'm correct. But he did a movie called The Adventure of Denchu Kozu, which I think is like the Electricity Boy, which is kind of Tetsuo the Iron Man. It has a lot of similar effects. It's a lot weirder and a lot less polished.
0: I don't know how that could be, but okay.
1: More in that it's like a lot more Japanese humor, if that makes sense.
0: I guess that makes sense.
1: I think it's a good movie, from what I remember. wasn't released here until like two thousand eight. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's much more influenced by like kaiju culture, and um, yeah, it's a very very weird movie <laughs> from a from from the guy who made Tetsu the Iron Man.
0: I mean, that's that's a boast if he's made something weirder than this. I mean, I, I did think... find out recently there are two sequels to this, and I, I am going to be watching one of those before the end of October. Yes. Yeah,
1: There's what is it, Body Human Hammer. Is
0: it Body Hammer.
1: And Bullet Man.
0: Have you seen both of them?
1: I've seen Body Hammer. Okay. It's a good movie. It's a lot darker in certain spots. Um, That's
0: wild. That's hard to yeah. imagine, too.
1: It's much more like imagery based it's really cool it's really cool it it feels more cyberpunk if that makes sense
0: it does which i can understand how they would pull that off
1: first time you saw it was when i picked it for the show correct
0: i mean if you want to get super technical i saw this uh 4 30 21
1: (laughs) what's your favorite scene and what's your favorite scare
0: the entire 67 minutes for both of those
1: questions (laughs) it's a relentless
0: it It, it does not stop it's so good
1: the the, the shots where it's like her noticing that someone's watching them having sex like in the woods was like so first Uh. time i saw that i was like that's the worst thing i've ever seen
0: it's a movie that does not let up at any moment
1: we know why it should be on a list. It's great and it's horrifying. What would you pair this with?
0: No, fuck it. It's funny. Existens.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Making fun of me again, but okay.
0: I'm not making fun of you. I'm being serious. I'm being one hundred percent serious. I mean, there are moments in this movie that, and don't get me wrong, it doesn't mean I like Existenz anymore, but. I really, I mean, I mean, let's put it to you honestly, like if I ever wanted to trap you in a building and I was going to like burn that building down and claim insurance money based on you, that's how I get you in there. Yeah. Yeah. If you just walked by a theater and you just saw showing tonight Tetsuo the Iron Man slash Existence, you'd be like, well, I better tell Naomi that her parents have just taken a backseat in whatever we were going to do tonight.
1: (laughs) Shut the fuck up.
0: You'd be like, look, babe, I know, I know but Tetsuo, the Iron Man, and Existence are playing back-to-back. What am I supposed to do with that information? The universe wants me to see it.
1: I have seen it in theaters, so... You've
0: seen this in theaters?
1: Fuck. Yeah.
0: It's honestly, like, I hate to be this guy. It might be on the short list to do for next year. Like, I might just pull an hour and seven minute fuck with all those people next year.
1: Godspeed.
0: Like, I don't know how long everyone sticks with it.
1: So I will say, last night, I knew what the fourth film was going to be before it played. So this film started at like 3.50, almost 4 in the morning. What or it, it started Tetsuo? at No, 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 no. It's the movie that we watched last night. Uh-huh. It wasn't Tetsuo. But I did see Tetsuo in theaters. It was a wild time. Not a packed house for it at all. And it was a great movie. Oh, I saw it, and fucking—it was the first time they did it because the trailer had had wasn't released yet, but they had just gotten in Paul Thomas Anderson's own—not his own—but he had a thir- he cut a couple thirty-five millimeter trailers for Licorice Pizza, mm-hmm. and that played before Tetsuo.
0: I'm now gonna do the two things that's come to mind when I think about those two movies. Climbing up on Strawberry Hill, Bam, dang, wang, dang. Yeah, it's just like that's the—that's all I can just imagine in my head is like you have this kind of uplifting trailer for for licorice pizza, and then bam, just Tetsuo right in the mouth.
1: <laughs> so yeah, I I have seen it in theaters. I haven't seen what was the other movie you're pairing it with
0: from the nineties, The Blair Witch Project.
1: Oh my god! Could you imagine? Man, could you imagine that triple feature?
0: <laughs> What's the third one? Like Licorice Pizza? The,
1: the, no, the movie you paired it with already.
0: Oh yeah, Existence. So you go Tetsuo, Exist. No wait Existence is. Oh, it's the same year. So you, I think you, I think you end on Blair Witch Project.
1: Uh, no, I think you go Existence, Tetsuo, Blair Witch. No, I think you go Witch Atsuo- but you go Blair Witch Tetsuo. Then you're fully gone totally mad by the last movie.
0: We're moving on to your number two.
1: My number two is in my on my list, apparently, the greatest American horror movie of the late 80s. It's once again stars Clue Gulager baby. He's up in this. But also stars James Karen. Tom Matthews and Don Califa, and a group of teenage punks and their mortician friend end up getting killed by brain-hungry, unkillable zombies. You would be surprised to know that this is a comedy horror film, but it's it's, at turns very funny and at turns bleakly prophetic. That is, of course, the film that is written and directed by the great Dan O'Bannon. 1985, The Return of the Living Dead.
3: Now you get some Excelsior over there and lay it in that crate. Make a nice little beddy buy for this little lady. Okay, good work. We want her to be comfortable. Now help me get her in, grab her legs. Okay, now you get some of that styrofoam popcorn. Spread it all around. Don't be stingy, Uncle Bert's paying for this. More, Freddie, more. Okay, that's fine. Now, spread it around. That's right. You're doing very nice work. Thanks. You're gonna be fine in the warehouse business. where do you get all these skeletons from? Oh, they come from India. India? International treaty. All skeletons come from India. No kidding. How come? How the hell do I know how come? The important question is, where do they get all the skeletons with perfect teeth? I'm gonna ask you a serious question. How many people you know die With a beautiful, perfect set of choppers in their puss, huh? Nobody I can think of. Yeah, no, I think that there's a skeleton farm over in India. (laughs) Jesus! Come on, kid. Follow your uncle here. Here we go. Don't have to tell you what these are for. Ba 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 boom! Here we've got the prosthetic devices all around here. Look under there. Eh, Wheelchairs. Right. Now, Freddie, great... here's something you don't see very often. You're a privileged person. These are split dogs. Wow. Yep, for veterinarian schools. Oh, we get a lot of orders for split dogs.
1: That's really rad.
3: Yeah. Urgh. Don't fool around. You're learning. Over here, Freddie's is where we keep the fresh cadavers. We sell these to medical schools and for the US Army for ballistic tests. Well, say hello. We used to get more inventory than this, but uh, we're expecting the shipment on Monday. How many bodies are in here usually? Well, you know, you don't want to be overstocked. And like the restaurant business, you don't want your inventory to lose its freshness. (laughs) Say what I'll do, kid. Teach you how to fill out these shipping forms.
0: Look alive. Well, fuck me. I thought I knew your number one, and I was way off. Not super far off, actually. I think I had these swapped.
1: I think you had them swapped. You're really close. Yeah. I will say, at the last minute, this, uh, which by which I mean this morning when I was writing my list, I did flip number one and number
0: two I should have you know and honestly I almost put your number one at number one I was like man there's something that makes me feel like this could be it but I didn't I went with the safe choice and the safe choice burned me unfortunately usually doesn't but every once in a while the return of the living dead I've only got one thing to say about it and then I'm going to let you talk about it to your heart's content uh oh trash is getting naked again
1: <laughs> so I have two things to say about the first time I saw this movie. So I actually when I was very little, I gotta say like seven or eight, my mom was watching a movie where I remember vividly where it's like basically the same beats of Returning Living Dead, only the one of the major plot points is they go to a hospital. And I remember the hospital scenes like really vividly for some reason. And flash forward to when I'm twelve and we have this thing called the Monster Channel. Uh, I think it was like our satellite company. It's like upper, 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 actually lot of feeds. And one day they're playing a movie. It's called Return of the Living Dead. I think it's Night of the Living Dead. So I record it, watch it, and I go bug fuck for this movie. I lose my mind. I force my parents to watch it. I force my friends to watch it. It is probably one of the horror movies that I've seen like the most in my life. Because I had never heard of it before I, I had seen it. It was just like this random horror movie I thought would be funny to make fun of. And it was like full of punks, full of nudity, full of incredible blood. Everything you like in a horror movie. And so it made a, a visible imprint. But it's always a movie that I forget is insanely bleak every time I go back to it. Anyway... Great movie, 10 out of 10. It's basically the story behind it is that one of the producers, John Russo, was involved in Night of the Living Dead and he was involved in writing Night of the Living Dead. And because the rights to Night of the Living Dead are so weird, the idea of one half got split off to Romero and he got to make like Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Living Dead. But Russo also had rights to the term The Living Dead. So he could also produce a set of movies called The Living Dead. And he wrote a book called Return of the Living Dead. And then bought the rights to the book. And then used the name of that book for this movie. Very weird set of circumstances. But he technically co-owns the rights to The Living Dead. Along with Romero. But it doesn't matter. They're both dead. So yeah. Eventually, he comes to Dan O'Bannon. Dan O'Bannon makes this movie. And that's why we're here. Return of the Living Dead. ba da ba
0: Did you see Night of the Living Dead? Turns out that was all true. I like that that's the only thing that connects these two movies together.
1: Yeah. <laughs> They're like, that's that really happened. No and bullshit. No bullshit. And guess what? Return of the Living Dead Part 2 is basically the same movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it really, really is, but slightly weirder and with slightly less people to root for.
1: Way dumber. Less nudity, way dumber.
0: Less nudity? What are you talking about?
1: Uh, maybe more nudity. I don't know. Both.
0: <laughs> no, it's more. I don't think one person shows anything in neither of the Living Dead. There is a woman who gets nearly fully naked and is only has like something over her her lady parts downstairs to completely cover her.
1: Oh no! I meant Return of the Living Dead Part Two is the oh, same I movie Return as to the Return of the Living Dead,
0: Dead. Part Two. I have not seen that.
1: You should. It's it's the same movie as Return of the Living Dead. I don't know. It's more of the same.
0: Interesting. Is trash in it?
1: I don't think so. But there is a suburban girl who cries a lot.
0: Fair. That's fair. What's this about, and who's in it?
1: So, a lot of people are in it. Clu is in it. He stabs a, a, a fucking pick into the head of a cadaver. James Karen, who is probably best known as being the casting guy in Mulholland Drive, is in this. He's in a that bunch of him. stuff.
0: That is him, isn't it?
1: He's in a bunch of stuff. You have... Tom Matthews, who plays Freddie. You have... You have a very famous TV actor who I can't remember the name of right now. You also have Linda, the wonderful Lena Quigley, who is in Chopping Mall, who plays Trash.
0: Is she in Chopping uh, Mall?
1: I believe so, yeah. I believe That's she's great. in Chopping Mall with Barbara Crampton.
0: That's great.
1: Correct. Am I wrong? I mean... I mean,
0: I I, I don't know her, her filmography well enough off the top of my head to tell you.
1: She is a scream queen, like one of the great scream queens. I guess she's not in Shopping Mall. Um, but she's in Nightmare Sisters. She's in like eight movies from 1988. It's crazy. Oh, no, that's right. She's in Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers. What?
0: This is a fucking lifestyle.
1: <laughs> Miguel Nunez is the guy I was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't remember his name.
0: It's a gross movie, but man, is it just, it's so effective?
1: It is. I think the I think the scenes the older I get, the funnier the first five minutes is six minutes.
0: Oh, the whole thing becomes a black comedy at one point. Like, oh, it's this yeah, when, it is so funny how the general is so mean to his wife.
1: Oh, yeah. It's great. I think Cluguliger like, screaming at Frank and the big guy is, like, secretly just so fucking funny. The cadaver running around with its head cut off. The
0: half-a-dog barking.
1: The half-a-dog barking.
0: By the way, can if you and I ever have to change our names and move somewhere, and they say, like, hey, we're going to set you up with a job, what do you want to do? And you and I say, disc jockeys, can we be Frank and the big guy? <laughs>
1: Yes, we could be Frank and the big guy.
0: I think you're Frank and I'm the big guy.
1: I think that's the funny way to do it. Yes. Yeah. Then it gets dark towards the back half.
0: This is what trash looks like without all that stuff. She's adorable.
1: She's cute.
0: Interesting. She's inside. Man, she is a scream queen. Look at all these movies. I've I've never heard of any of them, but yet I know all these all these posters because they were definitely. Boxes in the horror section. I would walk around in. This is just such a gross, violent movie, and yet it's it's so perfect. What is your favorite scene?
1: I mean, the like twelve year old Tyler would say that when Trash dances is probably his favorite scene.
0: Adult Tyler ben would agree.
1: Adult Tyler will say I really love and appreciate the send more paramedics moment. I think it's so bleakly funny. It's so dark when you just have the zombies being like, "Send more paramedics."
0: It almost does feel like the zombies should be like, "Shop, shop, 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 shop! You shop, shop, shop!"
1: It's shub. like when yeah, it it really this. does feel like when you're when you're stoned and you're like kind of like prank calling a pizza place, but you're also kind of like, "Man, I hope this works out. I do kind of want a pizza." <laughs>
0: And you're like, d- d- do you have more paramedics? Chop, 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 chop,
1: You should, you should
0: send some more. Bye, fuck you. Click. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that is what it is, isn't it? And what is your favorite scare?
1: The scene where Linda the zombie is like on the table, <laughs> and to help us with death. Yeah, she's just like, it hurts and it hurts and it hurts. Be like being dead hurts, it's like that's terrifying.
0: Yeah, it is. It is fucking terrifying.
1: It's the first movie that makes being a zombie seem fucking shit, dude.
0: I feel like if zombies had a had a speech from a movie it would be from train spotting. We're zombies, we're the lowest of the low. It's
1: shite being
0: a zombie. They are really the worst, aren't they? Like it must suck to be a zombie.
1: It must and this movie really makes it bad. It also ends with the colonel nuking a town in America on the 4th of July.
0: You know, honestly, I don't it's not a movie we've done on the podcast, but you did turn me on to this movie that might make it into the top, might put it into a top 4 contender for like the best movies you've shown me. This Th- that ending pushes it like so far up.
1: It, it comes out of nowhere. Like, I remember re-watching it, like, showing my wife, Naomi, this movie, and just being like, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a really funny horror movie. And then, like, the ending happens, and I was like, I forgot the ending is basically, like, America sucks. And also, they would never be able to stop this.
0: It's amazing. Like, the ending of this movie, like, when they do that move where they just, like, bomb it, and you're just like, well, fuck. Like, it's almost the most... Rational decision, but at the same time, too, it's like, nah, it's still going. And do you have a reason yeah, that, why it's on your list?
1: It was like the first horror movie of this time, and I think really ignited a lot of this type of like cult status horror movie. Made me want to just experience more of that.
0: It's a game changer for sure.
1: I think this is like the perfect movie to be like, this is what movies can do.
0: Yeah, yeah, it really is. It's it's a little higher above Beyond Dream's Door where you're like, well, I don't know if I could make this movie. But one no. day, maybe. Yes. And what would you pair it
1: with? Uh, I'd probably pair this with Night of the Living Dead.
0: Oh, by the way, I have some bad news on that Night of the Living Dead. Neither of those were a 4K disc. I thought it was giving me a 4K disc too. They're both just Blu ray discs with just extra features as the other one. So you're still getting blowout.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. That's weird. I'm sorry. I know.
0: Uh, nah, it's fine. I mean, I feel bad for you, honestly, but, you know, I mean, I bought Night of the Living Dead for this guy, so you're not that lucky. What do you pair this with from the 90s?
1: Well, it says 4K UHD Blu ray combo.
0: I know.
1: Is there a disc under its, like, fr- like usually they put like a?
0: They both say Blu-ray.
1: Interesting. Is there? There's not a third disc.
0: Not that I saw. Hold on. <laughs> hey, that's why you did the legwork, Tyler. That's why you're getting a 4K disc. It was fucking behind the, <laughs> behind the fucking artwork. That's insane. I would have never fucking known.
1: I the only reason I knew is because something like that happened to me. I like. Went to watch the, the Ebola Syndrome, and I was like, okay, it, they said they sent me a fucking 4K disc. Why is it just a Blu-ray disc in here? And then I was, I was like, oh, it might be under the artwork. And I was like, oh, it's under the fucking, it's under the pamphlet they sent. And I remember sitting there as I
0: opened up the disc, and everyone else was applauding, and I said, are you all have, have amnesia? They just cheated us. They didn't give me the cock-a-doodie 4 disc. <laughs> That's basically what I was going through. And all this time, through such personal tragedy. Such hell. All for nothing. <laughs> God damn yeah, it. Good discs. for you,
1: buddy. Good for you. These combination discs are kind of a bitch. I'm
0: not gonna lie to you. You're getting that fucking you're getting those two discs sent to you tomorrow. I'm fucking going to the store tomorrow and doing it.
1: Hell yeah, baby. Yeah.
0: So what are you pairing Let's with this from the nineties?
1: Uh from the nineties? I'm pairing this with uh from dust till dawn.
0: That that makes the most sense, actually.
1: Yeah. And that means that that, you know what my next one's paired with, baby.
0: Yes, I do. Which really actually makes a lot of sense. Uh, But do you know Um, what my number one and number two are paired with? You probably do. It's pretty obvious.
1: I just want to say before we move on that the tagline for this movie is they're back from the grave and they're ready to party.
0: They are. And they are.
1: Because it's party time.
0: Uh, Well, there you go. Return to the Living Dead, number two. You ready for my number two?
1: I think I am.
0: Sometimes you set out and you make a movie that changes the genre forever. And I think it can be argued that in 1974, Toby Hooper did just that by making one of the scariest movies of all time, if not one of the best horror movies of all time. But just a scant, 12 years later, he would uh, come back to this very story and he would pick up where it it had left off, actually in the same chronology of time, 12 years later. And you get the question of asking, what happens when the uncle of the two kids who were A, murdered, and B, driven insane decides to go after this family of people who were cutting people up and eating them? Well, you get the movie from Toby Hooper that I would argue is maybe... Maybe in the conversation, and let's be honest, there's something in my next spot that argues that it's also in this conversation for best sequel ever. Like, this may be the best sequel of all time. I put it up there with T2. I put it up there with several other things. Because, guys, this is 1986's Toby Hooper's The Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2.
2: On the afternoon of August 18th, 1973, five young people in a Volkswagen van ran out of gas on a farm road in South Texas. Four of them were never seen again. The next morning, the one survivor, Sally Hardesty Enright, was picked up on a roadside, blood caked and screaming murder. Sally said she had broken out of a window in hell. The girl babbled a mad tale, a cannibal family in an isolated farmhouse, chainsawed fingers and bones, her brother, her friends, hacked up for barbecue, chairs made of human skeletons, Then she sank into catatonia texas lawmen mounted a month-long manhunt but could not locate the macabre farmhouse they could find no killers and no victims no facts no crime officially on the records the texas chainsaw massacre never happened but during the last 13 years over and over again reports of bizarre grisly chainsaw mass murders have persisted all across the state of texas the texas chainsaw massacre has not stopped it haunts texas it seems to have no end
0: I don't know if you know this, but since we watched the scene with Chop Top, the way we say goodnight to each other now is just going, goodnight!
1: That doll will hunt. Get that bitch in the face! I know that line simply because I played Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1.
0: Is that in there? Yeah. Dog will hunt is in there.
1: It's in Jerry was a race car driver by Primus, which is in they're in that game. Weird. Very um, weird. And so, yeah, so because of that, I, I used to think it was just part of the song by Primus until I watched this. And I was like, <laughs> it was like basically 15 years of my life was a lie. <laughs> and yeah, so I, I could do a pretty good chop top saying that dog will hit, while uh leather faces running around chasing someone with a chainsaw. Chop Top, Bill Mosley.
0: I learned a fact about this character this year. Yeah? Do you know who he is supposed to be?
1: No. No?
0: So, most people think that he is the hitchhiker from the first one. Okay. He is not. Apparently, if the script had been more flushed out, according to people who worked on the script and wrote it, the hitchhiker and Leatherface had a brother who was over in Vietnam when those events take place
1: I knew that he was a Vietnam veteran
0: And apparently the thing that he's dancing with the whole time, that body That is the hitchhiker's body
1: That's interesting Yeah Okay And this is straight from LM Kit Carson's mouth
0: I mean that—that's a hell of a name, too. I might add.
1: That's the writer of this movie, who.
0: Oh, I know, I know. It's a hell of a name.
1: Do you know anything about him? No. Fascinating dude. Was friends with Jim McBride, who's a filmmaker. Who's most known for uh, David Holtzman's Diary, which is like this famous movie that's banded about like guerrilla filmmaking circles because it was like the first movie to do like. You know, no permits, just shoot where you have to type filmmaking. He also directed the documentary The American Dreamer about Dennis Hopper while he was making The Last Picture. And he basically, because he knew Jim McBride, he wrote, like, not every movie that that he did, but he wrote Breathless, he wrote Paris, Texas, he wrote a bunch of stuff, and he also married Karen Black. So... You know, it's a pretty solid life, I'd say.
0: It makes a lot more sense how they got Hopper.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: She thought Hopper looked a thousand years older than he does in Blue Velvet, and then it shocked her to find out yeah, this is the same year.
1: This is his first movie out of rehab, which that's is insane. why he looks so much older. <laughs> it's because which he is, is a tired man. crazy they would
0: put him on a set with so much cocaine.
1: That's why I think he looks so miserable. Is, from all intents and purposes, this set because Toby Hooper was just fucking out of his mind?
0: He's off his rocker.
1: This is peak. Toby. maybe has a problem, Hooper.
0: I'm going to say right now, there's a movie in the first part of this decade that is going to be pretty high on my list.
1: I think I know what it is. You're going to really fight for the funhouse.
0: Yep, yep, you nailed it. (laughs) Keep them thinking for a year it's the funhouse.
1: I really enjoyed watching Invader from Mars, which is uh, also the movie that came out the same year as this, which I is another
0: okay on that.
1: coke-fueled nightmare. This is the last of his canon movies that like almost ruined the company. This is so good, though. I think this is Th- the best one.
0: I mean, I-, I honestly think, like, I'm not saying it's better than the first one. But this is on the this is on the short list for best sequels ever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There
0: there is a energy to this movie. And here's the thing, too. It's really fucking funny, like in a smart way.
1: It is funnier than it has any goddamn right to be.
0: Like when he fucking chainsaws his way finally and gets to them. And the the grand or the by the way, you find out that the guy who's like the cook is actually like he's not their father, is he?
1: No, he's just some guy that takes care of them.
0: He does when he has the line and he says, who do you work for this person, this person? he's naming off all these these chains of like places that cook meat. And Dennis Hopper just goes,
2: I'm the lord of the harvest. Who's that? Some new
0: health food bunch? (laughs) so good the the fact that Hopper chainsaws him from behind and that guy goes the American businessman always taking it in the ass (laughs) it's insane it's insane that this movie exists and it's insane how effective this movie is like I kept telling her I was like give it five more minutes I said we'll stop it when we get to Leatherface the first time you see Leatherface and she's like this is going to be at the end of the movie I'm like well first of all they're not going to make a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie where he shows up at the end that'd be weird but I was like, I was like, it's gonna be a couple of minutes, and we got to the scene where in the the clip that I played last time. I don't think it's gonna be the clip this time, where she gives him the tour of the studio. And Bill Mosley's f- fucking frightening in this movie.
1: Bill Mosley is it's, he's he's so good though. Yes. Like yes, he's frightening, but like I don't know, he's he's like he's on all cylinders throughout this whole movie.
0: He had a pitch to do a movie that would show how he got back to America from Vietnam.
1: He did. Yes, he filmed yeah. parts of it.
0: Oh man, goddamn! Bill Mosley, interesting fucking actor. Like, interesting. He's in the new actor. monsters movie, right?
1: He is.
0: Have you seen it?
1: Yes, I have. What do you think? I don't want to spoil anything, but um, okay. But yeah, you might have to watch it this year.
0: Get the
1: out of here get the why would i lie about that i don't know
0: i I don't know but but at the same time too that makes me actually very excited for this movie because i was a little worried
1: unironically really love it i will say i will say it's not a horror movie no but it's very fun
0: i'm fucking in i i love bill mosley and this is like this is one of my favorite performances he's ever given like Like, this movie is why Rob Zombie casts him.
1: I fully believe that. 100%. Yeah. And two, also,
0: the horniest Leatherface?
1: Yeah. Yes. I also think the Leatherface in this one is interesting in that he isn't just, like, straight up. Just a murderer, like there's there's more character to this Leatherface, if that makes it's sense. It's
0: true. It's true. You got you got. I think you have the questions right. I mean, we've talked I about. Do,
1: what it's I do. I do. I do. I do. I'm so sorry. I was no, just okay. assuming that our conversation would lead there naturally, but um, no, it's you okay. showed it's this. horns. You sh- shut the fuck up. You showed this to me. Uh, it was the first time I had seen it, but really? I want to know what. Where- Yes, it was. Where where had you seen it for the first time?
0: I mean, not much soon, not much, not much before that. I think like, I think I was kind of like trying to do a deep dive on Hooper. And I just was like trying to watch a bunch of stuff of his I hadn't seen. And I think I banged this out and like a couple other movies in a weekend. But I remember just sitting there with this movie and going like, this is far and away one of the strongest sequels I've ever seen, let alone. Like I'll say it, I think. Not counting Freddy and Jason, because I think they're kind of, like, the top of the mountain. It's just not even, like, you really can't say anything else with them. I think Leatherface and the Texas Chainsaw movies are, like, a soft number three, like, series for me. I love the Texas Chainsaw movies. Like, even the worst Uh, one I still like.
1: Really? You like, like, Leatherface, the story of a Texas Chainsaw or whatever?
0: Yeah, yeah, kind of.
1: Okay. All right. That's... I... I can't with those movies, but all right. Most of them don't work.
0: Like, but I still kind of love every time someone gets up to bat and does a le- does a does a Texas Chainsaw movie.
1: What's your favorite scene, and why is it the scene where they do the 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 chill contest?
0: Well, like my pappy said, don't skimp on the meat.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, my favorite scene is in that
0: fucking record studio where her and Chop Top have that little confrontation, and my favorite scare
1: i think that's personally my favorite scare but yes
0: my favorite scare is where lg wakes up after he's been uh skinned oh ah yeah you're right pretty pretty in bad taste for him for her to wear his
1: face you know you gotta do what to do to survive you know
0: just the fact that leatherface is like no this is better
1: like right i made it better yeah
0: I love, too, when, like, they say, Leatherface, which is it going to be? And he kind of looks to her and looks back, and he kind of, like, does the shrug. <laughs> like, there's a scene where Leatherface shrugs in this movie.
1: Leatherface shrugging is the funniest fucking thing in the world to me.
0: Is this the greatest chainsaw fight of all
1: time? It, you know, Ben? I'm having a hard time placing another one. Mandy? It's better than Mandy?
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: Sorry to, my fr- sorry to my friends who love Mandy. I can't with no. that fucking movie.
0: I get you. I yeah, that fine. seems like a movie that would bug you.
1: I think I, was, I need to rewatch it. I was way too high. Way that would not t- be the way I'd want to watch
0: that movie the first time.
1: Way too fucking stoned. You know, people are going to come up to you. They're going to be like, why Texas Chainsaw?
0: Because, like I said, it's one of the best sequels of all time. And it's a movie, too, that literally does pick up 12 years later and does it kind of in a masterful way with that opening crawl and just says, it's still happening, it's still going on. The fact that Dennis Hopper's character has been chasing them and it's like you finally get to see the culmination of that, it's a movie, too, that, like, Normally, a movie like this would need tons of backstory to back it up. You don't really. It's like, no, this is just still happening. And like the only person who believes it is Dennis Hopper. And then he gets this radio DJ to believe it. And then just all hell breaks loose.
1: Yeah, I love that it kind of subverts the like noir genre. It's a weird fucking movie.
0: It's incredibly bizarre.
1: What would you pair it with?
0: Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1, I mean.
1: Yeah, All right. Okay, what from the 90s would yeah. you pair it with?
0: I pair it with Scream.
1: Yeah, all right. Yeah, I had two of them. (laughs) Fucking hate that you had two of them.
0: (laughs) One for each part. It was pretty easy. It's the nicest part about it. And I think it's time for you to go on to your number one, and then you uh, you can vanish out of here.
1: My number one is translated to Traceless, or Without a Trace. And it is a thriller from 1988, directed by George Solzay, adapted from a novella called The Golden A by Tim Crabay. I don't know if that's how you actually say it. It was actually remade in English, but don't watch that one. It's very bad. This is, of course, a movie starring Bernard Paddy, Don Janine Brevitz, and Johan Tirsteig. Um, nineteen eighty eight Spoldrus or The Vanishing.
3: Oké. Okay. Okay. Oh, oh, oh.
0: okay. Doe maar dieren met een kaart. Kraai. Krokodil. Kankeroe. Uh, kakkerlak.
2: Kom. Uh, Kekkendoek. <laughs>
1: K- Kakkiebol.
2: Klosterdik. Ha, <laughs> Zullen we van de auto op af? Het is toch veel leuker om de koele lokaal langzaam te zien veranderen?
3: Nou. Zolang so. jij het vertom te rijden, gaan we rechtdoor. Wat doe je? Ik kijk even naar de paar
0: Kijk jij naar maar in je spiegel. You son of a bitch.
1: You son of a bitch.
0: I watched this probably on like Thursday or Friday and I knew the end of this movie. And this was a movie that I probably half paid attention to when I got it from Netflix on their disc rental back in the day. But this movie now, this is an effective movie.
1: It is a movie that made me worse. <laughs> what does that even? You mean? know what I mean? No, I don't. Um, it gave me an anxiety I didn't have, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is like going to a rest stop, like a rest area. Like literally, I've had to explain this to Naomi that like sometimes when we're in a rest area, I just like I, and I can't see you, I start to, I start to have like a small arrhythmic event in my chest. I'm just like, where is she? There's gonna be a guy with a really bad beard who's gonna be right behind, and just fucking, you know what I mean? Like this movie found a way to completely freak me out
0: we now cut to the car (laughs) mere hours ago when naomi's like hey i'm gonna go run back in and get a soda and then tyler can't see her for a second and ash is like oh god dad is it the vanishing tell me it's not the vanishing oh clap i can't help you find her i'm not good at these things (laughs) (laughs) oh clap it's the vanishing (laughs)
1: Basically, yeah.
0: Can we talk about this movie? Is my first question to you. Yes. Like, but can we? Because no. I feel a lot like <laughs> April Fool's Day. We did very well. I listened to the April Fool's Day segment. We did not ruin the ending of April Fool's Day. And I don't yes. think we can do that here.
1: I don't think we can. So my my heart soul to everybody don't look up anything about this movie I, I, I just will tell you that this movie deeply affected me in a way that it has scarred me for life it's great it stars a bunch of European people and you don't look anything up about it with that being said my favorite scene is the scene where you see a guy practicing his way to abduct someone so that is scary. It's the scariest scene in the movie. That's the scariest scene in any movie I've ever seen. That is a scene that has made me a worse person because it just it shook me to my very core.
0: The reason this movie is so scary is because this movie is a hundred percent possible
1: one hundred percent yeah
0: this movie could happen. This movie has happened. I guarantee
1: it and the grief behind What has happened is so palpable and so realistic that it absolutely, absolutely fucking wrecked me.
0: It's it's fucking unnerving.
1: It's great. A plus.
0: It is. It really, really is. You want to tell them what it's about?
1: Yes. It's about a man who on a trip with his girlfriend at the time who they might be kind of... It seems like the relationship is is maybe not as as spectacular as you you might think in this situation. She just goes disappearing one afternoon when they're at a rest area, and the man in the relationship, Rex, frantically searches for her. There's another guy named Raymond, who is a wealthy man who secretly plots to abduct a woman. And it's about how their lives are separate and then eventually intertwine. That is the the, the barest bones way to describe this movie, imaginable.
0: That is really the bare bones way to de- describe it, isn't it? <laughs> this movie's such a bummer in some ways.
1: It's a major bummer.
0: It is. You've talked about your favorite scene and your favorite scare because they're the same moment you know what, let's just talk about each of the three people in this movie. Let's talk about Rex, let's talk about the abductor, and let's talk about his wife. The guy who plays Rex plays distraught so fucking well.
1: He plays just broken. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's this guy who's just ripped apart by a single question, and that question is, how could she have disappeared at this location it doesn't make sense he should be able to align everything she just went missing there's no rhyme or reason to it and that uncertainty is what totally unravels him in his entire life
0: there is just a fundamental like madness to it that you as a person like can never get the answers to it's it's so frustrating
1: it's very frustrating. And the the scene where the guy who plays Rex drinks the coffee at the end, and you have that, that bolt of lightning. Ugh. Ugh.
0: <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, I mean, it's the moment where right before Alice tumbles down the rabbit hole. If you don't take that chance, you're never going to know. Like, yeah. Like, would you, let me ask you, like, if you're in this situation, like, what do you do?
1: I don't know. And that's what I think what makes this movie so powerful. I don't know. I don't want to know. Oh,
0: man. It's fucking terrifying.
1: Also, the guy who plays Raymond is fucking so scary. He is? He's just this big-faced dude where I'm just like, I don't want to be around you. You seem... Yeah, you just there. You just ugh.
0: He's got he's got something to him, doesn't he?
1: There's something to him.
0: There's something about him where you're just like, why the fuck? Like, you know what it is? It's because nothing else about him is monstrous.
1: No, he's just he just seems like a normal dude with a really bad some really bad facial hair.
0: I like his hair, his facial hair. I'm not gonna lie to
1: you. It works for his face.
0: Yes, it does. I mean, and that's the thing, too, is like he's when he is villainous, he's fucking terrifying. This was a great watch before work.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we talked about where I first watched it, but it was prior to the Criterion Channel being a thing when it was part of Filmstruck. it There used to be a couple of the older spines uh, were on Hulu and... I was like, all right, got to watch something before work, and was just like, let's turn on The Vanishing. And, yeah, don't think I made it back from that all the way.
0: (laughs) It got you looking.
1: Caught me looking.
0: That's fair. That's fair. I mean, why should it be on your list?
1: It's fucking terrifying.
0: It is. It's really fucking scary. And... What would you pair it with?
1: All time? Probably don't look now.
0: Oh, there's an idea. Man, yeah, that's an interesting idea. That's, yeah, that does have a real the same energy ending, doesn't it? It does. Your 90s one is great, too.
1: You want to talk about having the same energy? Baby. Yeah. The cure is what I pair it with.
0: I mean, I can't wait to have it in my house. Ah, I can't wait. can't wait to watch that movie again is it on criterion uh it is okay i might just sit down and watch it but i do oh, now no. i know Cure. watch
1: it. Yes. yeah yes it is okay, i no. you'll get no, the disc soon don't oh, worry Oh, i know
0: i'm not worried about that
1: there's an order that'll be made. there's two orders that are going to made on my credit card tonight
0: honestly if you want to wait on mine to save some money wait wait till wait till the november thing
1: but then I yeah okay maybe because cool then it. I could I'm I could cool ship it. it I could ship it
0: yeah oh let's see cure fucking whips you know what actually fuck I didn't say it. cure would be on that on that four cure would probably be number four if not number three
1: cure's cure's real good yeah
0: <laughs> yeah cure's incredible
1: C- cure is another movie that like it's just the first time I saw it it broke my brain I was just like movies can do that.
0: You're like, that's, that's insane. Yeah. That's what this is. This movie's a rule break. This movie, this movie forces you to deal with a problem that you know, is not going to be a happy ending for like two hours almost. Mm-hmm. And you're, and you're fine with it because like, it's the madness of not knowing that will hurt you more.
1: Yeah. I think it ends up in the type of place that cosmic horror usually ends up, but it isn't, it's just, it's just, it's just people.
0: You're not wrong it is just people makes you realize we're living in a society here
1: we are living in a society i do want it to be known that if we hadn't just done john carpenter you likely would have gotten the prince of darkness in this spot because i do be loving prince of darkness yeah uh, and also if Ben hadn't put Tetsuo... If I didn't think Ben would put Tetsuo on his list, I probably would have put Tetsuo, like, up here somewhere.
0: Man, if John Carpenter hadn't screwed you, you could have had two Prince of Darknesses to play with.
1: Prince of Darknesses.
0: To play with for, uh, for next damn year. damn it. Yeah, I know. If That's fine. i got
1: like a Beyond it. Dreams door. I'm sure that'll be easy to pair with something.
0: Pair it with a head injury.
1: I re like a- that this morning after staying up all night so last night. And waking up early. And I just I love it. It's so good. Anyway, on to your news.
0: I feel like you got S housed at that at that screening of all those movies last night. And like when you came out, you were still drunk. You're like, who wants to go back to my place and watch Beyond Dream's Door? Woo! And then you just ran down the street.
1: I think It's I think it's really good.
0: I'm glad you like it. I just like I appreciate what it's trying to do. I just don't think it does it
1: next time. I sh- I really, I think this is, I, Oh boy. There's a movie next year that you're going to fucking hate. Hooray. And I cannot wait. I cannot wait.
0: Hooray. Well, yeah, I guess we're going to my number one, aren't we?
1: In that we are. Yeah. Close think... us out, Benjamin.
0: Yep. I think it also comes from the year 1987, if I'm not mistaken. It does. It also comes from my birth year, 1987, and is another sequel, and is by the great horror director Sam Raimi, and stars his one and only leading man, Bruce Campbell. It is a movie that asks the question, what happens if Ash just went back to the cabin? And the answer is, some more horrifying stuff. But not only that, it seems to expand upon the original idea and create a whole universe of its own. The it's movie that would guarantee that Sam Raimi would continue making movies for the rest of his life as long as Bruce Campbell being the king of the B actors. It is the 1987 movie starring Bruce Campbell, Sarah Barry, Dan Hicks, Casey Wesley DePavia, Ted Raimi, Denise Bixler, Richard Domelier, John Peaks, and Lou Hancock, As Henrietta Noby, this is Sam Raimi's Evil Dead 2.
2: Legend has it that it was written by the Dark Ones, Necronomicon Ex Mortis, roughly translated Book of the Dead. The book served as a passageway to the evil worlds beyond. It was written long ago, when the seas ran red with blood. It was this blood that was used to ink the book. In the year 1300 A.D., the book disappeared.
1: told you a story about Evil Dead 2?
0: I don't know if you have.
1: I think this is the most famous story that I have. I think I've told everybody because inevitably because I'm such a huge horror movie person, I always get asked like, Wait, why do you like horror movies so much? And I have a story where my parents, they went out and bought a DVD of this. The, I was like three um, and it was one DVD. They just bought a DVD player in like 1990. So it might have been later i think 98 or it could have been a vhs but i'm pretty sure it was 98 and they had like just gotten a dvd player like a really early old expensive one does that sound about right ben
0: yeah it sounds right
1: might have been too early for that so it might have been a vhs tape but either way they came home with evil dead 2 and i was three years old and they turn evil dead 2 on and i had nightmares for a goddamn week after watching evil dead 2 i was too young to see it i saw the moose head in my dreams and it scared the shit out of me and also the ending didn't make any sense he gets travel he gets teleported through time he blows the head off of something in the future and like i had no Understanding of how where any of this shit meant or where it came from, and it I was I was fucking so terrified. Um, I saw it again in my early adolescence and then again in my early 20s, and every time I see it, I get to the scene where he has the breakdown in the house. And he starts seeing, you know, like, the moose and stuff like that. And I start going, like, I have to physically get away from the movie because it is irradiating too much evil at me right now. I cannot deal with this. And I think it's solely because it's so deeply embedded in my brain as a youngster that this movie freaked
0: me out so much. The deer on the wall is fucking horrifying. It's a movie, too, where, like, it's so funny at moments. But then it just has the ability to do, like, 45 seconds to a minute and a half of just angry, loud terror that you're just like, I don't like this. Like, please stop doing that.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: I mean, and I'll say it. One of the funniest jokes of all time in movies is where Ash cuts his hand off that has become possessed and has it stuck to the floor with a nail through it. And he says, this is your home now and puts a fucking waste paper basket over it so it can't crawl away and then grabs a bunch of books and sets it on top and the book on top is a farewell to arms. If you don't think that is funny, the door is right over there. You can get the fuck out. This is one of the greatest movies ever
1: made. The movie itself is just, it's all over the place. And but it's one of the first movies where it's just like, man, I didn't think this Looney Tunes style humor. It, I mean, okay. So I think Rami has always had like the Looney Tunes mm-hmm. stuff. You see it in Crime Wave, and I think he kind of goes like over the top with it in Crime Wave. And yeah. you see it in this first movie, Evil Dead. But in this, I think the fucking metal hits the road in a way where it's just like perfect in this movie. And not only that, just like the quality jump from this movie from evil dead to this movie is insane.
0: It is insane. I mean, this is probably in some ways his best directed movie. Yes.
1: Yes. In some ways.
0: Like, don't get me wrong, there are other movies that I think he gets better performances out of his entire cast. But in terms of a movie where he is clicking on all cylinders, Evil Dead 2 is that movie.
1: I mean, yes. I think it's his best movie. I think there's an argument for a simple plan. Yes. Because I don't think that movie works if it's not if it's not Sam Raimi fucking just just throwing straight heat
0: well it almost feels like it almost feels like he went and sat down with the coen brothers for like a month straight and he goes okay i know how to make a small thriller now like he like he just asked them a bunch of questions because that movie feels like a coen brothers movie
1: the only real way i can describe that movie is like not only does it feel like he has the fastball like he has like the raimi shit down he like all of a sudden has like five other pitches that you didn't know he had, and he's Mm -hmm. also throwing those incredibly well. (laughs) So it's, like, not just the fastball. It's, like, everything in his arsenal. Plus stuff you... He's, like, oh, my God, he's throwing a screwball for some reason? You're just, like, I didn't even think he knew what a screwball was.
0: No, you're right, but he does. I fucking love Bruce Campbell. Like, there is no better superhero I want in horror movies than Ash.
1: Yeah. 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 Ash Ketchum. Uh, that is not
0: his name, and you know it.
1: Ashley, what's his name?
0: Williams, I believe.
1: Ashley Williams. Yeah, Ash Williams is, I think, one of the great horror movie characters of all time. Right? Like, one of the great horror movie protagonists.
0: He's got that ability. There is something about Ash where you're just like, you are definitely not the strongest guy. You are Definitely not the most cunning guy. You are definitely not the smartest guy, but you have some sort of innate ability, not unlike Han Solo, not unlike Indiana Jones, who are two men. Actually, no, Han, I think, would be about as smart as Ash, but not unlike John McClane, where it's like you are gonna survive because you have that it factor that allows you to kind of just be able to see almost like half a step ahead of everyone else.
1: He's also one of the only final boys.
0: It's true.
1: Can't think of any off the top of my head. Anyway, yeah. before we get bogged I down agree. trying to figure that out, what's this about and when was the first time you saw it?
0: If you saw the first Evil Dead movie, it pretty much plays like the second one. And I saw this immediately following Evil Dead 1. I rented them back-to-back with Army of Darkness and i remember just putting in evil dead 1 watching being like okay that that was a movie all right that's a really interesting horror movie and then i put on evil dead 2 and i was like holy shit this can be a horror movie i didn't know you could make horror movies funny up until evil dead 2 oh,
1: man and he made it real fucking funny
0: yeah he did
1: i what's interesting is i i th- I can definitely see your number one and our number ones kind of like make sense for who we are. We're like yours yeah. are like horror comedies at the top of your list and mine is like <laughs> is like the movie that like when I'm in a supermarket and I can't find like my, my my wife, my palms start to sweat. <laughs> oh, it's so true it's very awesome. Um, Did you say when the first time you saw it was?
0: I, I mean, I don't remember the year but it's it's definitely it's definitely was like probably in like the early 2000s. That makes sense.
1: I would Im- I would imagine it was probably after Bravo.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: I feel like a lot of people in our generation became
0: although big maybe, maybe because not because although maybe. maybe not because Raimi was a guy who transferred over to stuff I also liked, like the Spider Man movies. So I may have seeked out a lot of his other work because of those.
1: I do remember becoming more enamored with the Evil Dead movies after seeing Spider Man. Yeah, because my parents were like, you know, this guy made like the best horror movies ever made, right?
0: And you're like, shut up, Mom and Dad. I'm going to go listen to The Cure.
1: I wouldn't listen to The Cure until I was well into high school, Ben. What's your shut favorite up, scene? Go Shut up, Mom and Dad. I'm going to go listen to Raffi. Shut up, Mom and Dad. I'm going to go listen. It was more like, shut up, Mom and Dad. I'm going to listen to Creed. Anyway, what's your favorite scene? What's your favorite scare?
0: I think my favorite scene is honestly starts from when Ash grabs himself in the mirror to... Pretty much when they throw Ash down the steps of the cellar. And then you hear,
2: Someone's in my fruit cellar! Ah! Someone with a fresh soul!
0: And you're just like, fuck. And favorite scare. I mean, honestly, like, when they hard cut to the professor's daughter's boyfriend or whatever, and he's become a demon, that's genuinely terrifying.
1: So the two that I pick off the top of my head is a headless corpse running around with a chainsaw. That's a funny gag. That's Um, so good. Makes me laugh every time I see it because it's just like, that's stupid. I love that. And scariest thing is that fucking moose. Fuck you.
0: It's yeah, just that just because of the way it laughs. I hate it. Everything in that room is fucking terrifying when it's laughing.
1: It's the worst man. I can't watch yeah. that scene. I literally legitimately can't watch that scene. But I mean, we all know why this is on the list, right?
0: I mean, yeah, it's it might be the greatest. It might be one of the greatest horror movies of all time and it's definitely one of the greatest horror movies of even if even if this were just the 80s overall. If we just did the 80s, not part 1 or part 2, it would be in my top 5 if not my number 1 still. Same. Um, yeah,
1: cuz again, this was going to be my Probably not my number one, but definitely like top three. Oh, for sure, because this movie's great. This movie fucking rules. And I have two questions. Yes. You fucking piece of shit. <laughs> don't send tell, me that. Tell movie. them why. I, tell them why. You sent me the moose. You fuck.
0: I think it's a deer.
1: <laughs> deer moose, whatever. <laughs> it's undead, and I don't like it. I don't like it. What movies would you pair this with?
0: Well, if I could pair it with any movie, I'd pair it with Evil Dead. And if I could pair it with a movie from the 90s, I'd pair it with Army of Darkness.
1: <laughs> you bitch.
0: I know, right?
1: That's it. That's all I have for questions. I mean, um, that's
0: that's all we got to say.
1: Anything else you want to talk about this movie? It's it's great. The voices, I mean, everything about it's great.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll say I love the body count they raise up by bringing Bobby, Joe, and Jake with them. yeah. And I love the scene. I I love that the demons are dicks. I think the line, we are the things that were and shall be again, is such a fucking nut flex from a demon to be like, oh, we were gone, but we back now, motherfuckers. You people read this book and you are fucked. Like, hope none of you got a chainsaw and a shotgun. That's pretty much our only uh, only, uh, medicine to be sent back to hell. And Ash is like, I have both of those things. When he says groovy the first time too You're just like this fucking whips Like <laughs>
1: not one part of this movie Doesn't work Every iteration of the evil dead Is pretty cool Yeah I agree Like that, none of them it's it's I'm like. One. None of the evil dead movies I'm, I'm like you shouldn't watch that
0: No they all work And you can show them to anybody Maybe not the first one Maybe you show the first one to people who are at least 15
1: they didn't show me the first one when I was too young for it, but they did show it to me when I was maybe too young. I was like 11 when they showed it to me.
0: I don't know how young too young is for it. I guess that takes us out of it, huh? Do you want to read your uh, your 10 to 1?
1: Yes, my 10 to 1, I never put them all in order. <laughs> Hold on. Hold the phone. I know how to do this. Okay, here we go. My 10 to 1. The Church, Lady Terminator, Evil Dead Trap, Society, and Demons. And on the back half, we have the hidden Beyond Dreams Door phenomena, Eternal Living Dead, and Vanishing.
0: And my number 10 to 1 are, at number 10, The Stuff, The Hitcher, Tie Me Up, Tie Me Down, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, April Fool's Day. And 5 to 1, Fatal Attraction, The Fly. Tetsuo the Iron Man, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2, and Evil Dead 2.
1: I am so excited to do the 80s list. I can't wait to have movies like Beyond Good and Evil, or Beyond Evil, and Demonoid on my list and force you to watch them.
0: What's a movie from the early 80s that I am excited for you to watch?
1: Oh baby, Amityville 2 The Possession. Here we go.
0: You know, I just heard someone talk about that movie on a podcast.
1: What, were they saying good things about it?
0: They were, actually. They say it plays I, like an Italian-style horror movie.
1: I, fucking, I feel like people are finally coming around on that goddamn movie. I've been harping about how good that movie is for six fucking years. Like, actually, secretly, it's the best Amityville movie. And people are like, no, you're crazy. You're like, no, there's too much incest. And I'm like, nah, it's the best one. <laughs> Let me tell you this right now is the best one. And it is. It's not going to make my list, but it is. I'll give you two soft
0: ones. I'm going to say it right now and we can do this a year out. We've talked about the thing too much. It would be my number one, but we are going to just say that it's obviously a default number zero. I'm not going to put it on there. I'm excited to rewatch Children of the Corn.
1: I hate meets too. i I'm excited to yell Outlander like eight billion times.
0: Outlander! Your woman lives, Outlander! Oh, blood was spill tonight at Carousel. But yeah, guys, we are probably going to be taking some time off. I would say at least until probably close to the end of the year, and give us both some time I, to knock out some 2022 movies.
1: I will say, keep your eye out. There might be a bonus or a one-off.
0: Yes, in November.
1: Yeah. So keep keep your eye out. Maybe it'll maybe there will be a one-off. Maybe not. Who knows? Who knows? Who can ever really be sure?
0: true and you guys can follow us of course at twgtf pod on twitter and instagram you can follow me at et critic for the empty theater critic or at movie loving lucha 87 on instagram see all the movies i'm posting about for the 31 days of terror we are as of right now on day 23 which was bram stoker's dracula a very fucking horny weird movie and We'll mark this as a thing, too. Tyler, do you know what we are two days away from?
1: October 25th.
0: Yes, and Nope being on Blu-ray.
1: Mm, Papa's going to buy a 4K if he can find one.
0: I have a feeling you'll get that wish.
1: Mm, Papa might, might hunt down a Target to see if they're selling any Nope Blu-rays.
0: And for TWGTF2 White Guys Talking Film, I've, of course, been your host, Ben.
1: And I've been Burt Wilson.
0: Remember, guys, you come to our little video box around the way and you you see a bunch of people outside who look like they want brains. Well, those are just some punk kids, they're revolting youth in revolt. I thought you said if we destroyed the brain, it would die. It worked in the movie. Well, it ain't working now, Frank. You mean the movie lied?